Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. You've got exactly ten minutes to decide if you really want to know. You have built this city. Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've done today. fiction welcome to another episode of true stories based on fiction i am your host brian and with me as always is evan the third host my new just finished to change the name to evan the main host <laughs> but it's funnier let's <laughs> keep the third i am back again i've kind of kept to my monthly in terms of the publication yes <laughs> they don't even know that I've been, i have been in the recording studio monthly <laughs> churning out new content for our viewer listeners um i, I committed to the fact that we were going to do a uh offshoot teenage mutant ninja turtle show and we stuck to that and that's been about three or four episodes i think three episodes three now. episodes mm-hmm. but we are taking a quick pause in the teenage mutant ninja turtle uh series of shows that we are doing to give you our Evan and I's annual what is best fourth of annual? Fifth? Probably not fifth of fourth. It might be like I started that pretty early on. Yeah. At least fourth. Yeah, because I like, wouldn't have been the fifth because like cause we're going into our sixth year now. But our best of the year. Now as all our viewers know, twenty twenty was a fucked up year to all say the around. least. So we have been spending numerous hours, and by numerous hours, I mean the last 15 minutes, <laughs> trying to figure out what the best of 2020 was for all our categories that we typically stick typically stick to. So we are putting an asterisk by our best of 2020 yes. this year, and it's going to be best of new to us in certain categories. Probably all categories, if I'm being perfectly honest, because yeah, it's been a rough year, and I really can't think of many movies that I actually watched that came out in 2020, and same thing goes for TV shows, comics, and podcasts, because I mean, podcasts is always like a weird, podcasts really has always been been like new to us anyway, because um, there's hardly any new podcasts that come out in that year that I fuck with, but this year there was one that was a uh, there was a mini series podcast that did come out in 2020. I still have some podcasts that you were telling me about last year that I, think <laughs> myself I was going to start listening to, and I just haven't. But my problem was with podcasts, I got so backlogged in podcasts, and it took me forever to get caught up, so I couldn't really get anything new. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I've been fucking with, like, some fiction podcasts now, and, like, those are kind of difficult because I, I have to be, like, in the right mood for it. Fiction. So, like, the story podcast? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, I tried. They did that uh, Wolverine one, I think. Marvel did that Wolverine. I yeah. think that was one of the first ones. And I tried listening to the first episode. It didn't was, like it. Yeah, like, uh, it's Wolverine of two cops. Yeah. And if you're going to have Wolverine and then basically have a new style of podcast, you kind of you kind of got to start with the action. So, what category we want to start with first? Oh, let's see. I know we typically start with movies, but we can fuck with it this year. I would say, since the origin of this podcast network was originally based off comic books and TV shows, let's start on uh, comic books. Although, ironically, 
the most popular show in terms of uh, listenership on this whole network is a show that has nothing to do with comic books or pop culture at all. What's that? It's like in, in no particular order with DMAC. That one consistently gets more listeners and, 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 than anything else on, on our network. And it's, it's the furthest from what our original intention of this podcast network was. So that's, isn't that ironic? Don't you think? It's like, right? Yeah, but we'll do comics first. Um, okay. Now, are yours going to be in a particular order or in no particular order? It will be in no particular order. Yep, same here. Because it was hard enough to come up with the uh, entries, putting them in a particular order. It's going to be tough. Now, I haven't gone back and listened to the night 2019 best of. I think I did at some point. But some uh, listeners might be thinking, oh, am I just listening to the 2019? Because I think some of them might be. Uh, I mean, same picks. For me, TMNT was on there, like, I think every single one that we've had. Has it? Yeah. Because that was one of the, well, that is and, and was one of the most consistent comic books in years. Wait, so. am I, am I, <laughs> it might be on there this year, it might not. We'll see. You have to listen to find out. You got to listen to find out. Um, So who's going, so what's the rotation? You, you, me? Alright, uh, I can go. Okay. Alright, pick number one for best of comics. I'm going to go with, actually, is probably the one that I like to look forward to the most, uh, Daredevil. Mm. Uh, which Daredevil has been for years one of my uh, most consistent, I kind of want to say he's like an underrated hero, but he's not. Like He's not really like ever been top-tier Marvel hero in sales or anything. He's DC's Green... I mean, he's Marvel's Green Lantern. Because Green Lantern was popular for a good five years, and now he's kind of back in obscurity again. Same thing with Daredevil. He was popular when Bendis wrote him, then he kind of went... He he, kept, he leveled down when, when Brubaker was on it, and after that, he flatlined for years and years and years and years. He kind of rose... He, he's really... He well, so you... A little bit. You did... You had Kevin Smith, which kind of revitalized the character back, like, I want to say, 98? Yep. Then... I think Bendis did a quick little arc. Uh, David Mack, I think, did an Bob arc. Bob Gale did something, too, I believe. Yup. Um, until, I think it was like around issue 25 or something like right around there, is when Bendis took over as the core writer. Mm-hmm. Which, I will say, they've maintained... Uh, Marvel gets long-term commitments from their writers, especially with, like, Spider-Man and Daredevil, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you went from Bendis to Brubacher to... Um, Andy Diggle was that, I believe? Andy Diggle, he did the Shadowland. Ooh, and that was trash. And that was qu- that was the quickest uh, yeah. one. And then you went to Mark Wade. Was Mark Wade right after Diggle? I feel like there was something else between it that was also kind of trash. Because when Wade came on, it kind of came up a little bit. I thought it was Mark I, Wade, I but I don't think the sales were good on no. it um, at all. But it was kind of its own thing. It was a different kind of Daredevil. And then after Wade... He did it twice, didn't he? Because first it was with Pablo Rivera, and then it was with Chris Sandy. Yeah, well, he did two series. He ended it and then started it over again mm-hmm. with issue one. Um, God, and then who was after... I'm looking it up right now, but... I think that takes, takes us to current, doesn't it? Nope. Because um, someone brought him into the black costume again because of the TV show. Oh, was popular. oh Charles Soule. And, yep. uh, and a friend to the show, Ron Garnick. Uh... Is it Soul or Soule? I heard recently it's Charles Soule. 
uh, he he's a white dude, bro. He's not gonna have a Sule. <laughs> I heard it pronounced on another comic show I listened to as Sule. They feel like a uh, Mark Miller and Millar. I'm pretty sure it's sorry, Soul or Sule. Not I always thought it was Soul. People get that E and always try to like overpronounce it. Or anyone's name ends with an E, they always try to put like a little accent on it. But I'm, I'm thinking Soul or, or Sule. I mean, Soul or Sule. Anyway, I'm sorry. Alright, so I'm going to. Um, Mark Wade. So I'm just trying to. And then. God, was it after that that I think that was went Chip to, Shadarsky, right? Yup. The up and Zardet. Chip Zardaski took and, it over. And Marco Chicoletto. Um, but I will tell you this, probably one of the most consistent comics uh, that I've read. Uh, and just because it's always, with Daredevil, they, I'm trying to think how I want to phrase this, but it's like, they run that character through the ringer. Yep. So, it's been, I think they're through, issue 26 just came out, that was the first issue of the year. Um, really? So. Yep, uh, back in December, they had the big reveal. Uh, basically, the storyline is, issue one, Daredevil actually killed someone. Um, accidentally, but, like, beat him to death. Uh, and there was kind of, like, this manhunt for him, and it ended up that he turned himself in, said, did the crime, I'm going to do the time, um, turned himself in, but he didn't have to give up his, dare- his uh, persona. So he went to jail as Daredevil, you're saying? Yeah, he wears a. That's dumb as fuck. He's got the mask on, but then uh, he's in the orange jumpsuit. Um, and then in issue 25, you find out that in order to still protect Hell's Kitchen, uh, Electra became the new Daredevil. Wait, 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 wait. So this has been happening and like we didn't see it? Or she's just now becoming. Issue 25 in December, she became, is, uh, she became the new Daredevil. I gotta tell you, man, that, that doesn't sound good at all. Surprisingly, it is, though. Yeah, sometimes you can have a weird concept, but the, it's all about the execution of any concept. And one thing I'll say about Chip Zdarsky is he's a consistent writer. He uh, yes. did, and there's a lot of shit I did never Different even knew. Too. That I've never known. Uh, does he do that? Sex Criminals, or? I, it was something like that, yeah. I think Sex Criminals might have actually been Matt Fraction, but like he did a book like that. Um... But one thing I'm finding, he is probably one of the most consistent writers that I've seen in comics. And he doesn't just write, like, one kind of comic either. Like, he, like... He did do Sex Criminals. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think what he was doing that really got me into, I think, uh... Howard Duck, I think he did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, he did that Spider-Man book for a minute. Avenging Spider-Man? No, he no. did just Spider-Man, wasn't it? No, um... Spectacular? Peter Parker, the Peter Spectacular Parker. Spider-Man. When he gave Ame cancer? Yep, and then that he was, uh... Made him and, uh, J. Jonah Jameson friends. Mm-hmm. And then he did the Marvel 2-in-1 book. Yep, with, uh... Thinking in the Human Torch. And he actually did what was one of both of our, uh, best of books last year. Oh, yeah, a life story. Yep, Spider-Man life story, so. Um. Yeah, because you can tell that he's definitely a fan of comics. And he's probably one of the first homegrown comic writers who has been popular in a while that didn't come from from other media, although I think I'm lying. I think he actually came from video games or TV. 
But it's actually pretty funny on fucking Twitter, too. I don't know if you follow him. I haven't opened Twitter in probably a year. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. He makes fun of a bunch of fucking other uh, comic artists and stuff. You can tell he's got a he uh, really good personality and kind of uh, fits well in with a lot of the other comic artists out there. Because like, because, like he draws as well, right? He does. I don't think he does much drawing, but he does do some. Yeah, because he did a story in Batman and Detective 127, I believe. That he didn't write it, he just drew it. Like he kind of has like a Chris Samney style, but not mm-hmm. his cartoon. Ooh, speaking of, I just gotta change something here. But um, yeah. So I, I did read one issue of that Daredevil, and it was decent. It it, it was it's actually pretty good because uh, Matt Murdock had to be in a room with a woman that he was in love with, but he had to break up with her so he could be Daredevil. And then Foggy brought the chick in, and then he was mad. He was mad at Foggy about that. That's a good interpersonal turmoil, which always also has been a good thing about Matt Murdock. Matt Murdock is the male whore of the Marvel universe. He's the male version of Black Widow. Is that is Black Widow still a fucking uh, old lady? Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. feel she is because in in to that point in the Mark Way Chris Sammy one, it showed her as a teenager in like the nineties. Like a flashback scene. So that would denote that she wasn't as old, well, it, older, like fucking Captain America and shit. Because uh, she she's supposed to be uh, a person who was a fucking adult in World War Two and fought with Captain. I, I think she was a teenager and she fought with Captain America and Logan and shit. Black Widow was mm-hmm. and like uh, Uncanny Two Eighty Seven or something. Oh, is that that big co- that cover with uh, uh, Jim Lee did it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how does she stay so young and shit? Something, there's some kind of formula that, that she has. Cause she is essentially, she was at least, essentially, um, the Russian version of the Super Soul. And then you find out she had the whole Red Room or whatever the fuck. Right. That trains assassins. Yeah, and I think also... In- so did that change when they brought in, uh, who was it, Greg Rucka that brought in, that did the Yelena... No, uh, no, 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 she was still old as fuck then. I think it's changed... During uh, Secret War. Or Secret Wars. The sequel? So. Yep. When they came back and, and like when Franklin remade the universe, I think that that's when she stopped, stopped being an old lady and being just like a 20-something-year-old chick. Because I know she fucked with Daredevil. Dude, she fucked everybody. She fucked with Winter Soldier. Soldier. Winter Soldier. I think Wolverine. Uh, Steve Hawkeye. Rogers? I don't think Steve Rogers. Uh, In the movie she kind of did, though, didn't she? They kind of flirty. Uh, she fucked villains too. A couple of villains, um, like the Guardian, uh, like the Red Guardian, I think his name is. But the, who's her father in the movie? Or something? Yeah, the, there was a point when I, I I tried to count the dudes that she's been with in like the Marvel universe, and I, I I can't even recall anymore. But like there were a lot. Yeah, more power to her. Yeah, Hercules. Like that was like in I think that was in the nineties. Then also again in like the mid acts and the mid tens. I fuck. I keep twisting, man. I'm stroking. Don't be stroking out here. <laughs> I put a quick pause on this and just walk out. <laughs> Ooh, Chris Farley, me take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. Uh, <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. But back to, back to other devil. And hasn't Marco Chiletti been pretty consistent? Like. Yep, so they, uh, actually the last issue, so issue 26 came out, uh, this past week, 
Um, give you guys a little insider uh, of when we record this and mm-hmm. when it might come out. Um, but it just came out this past week, and they actually had two art- artists on it. Uh, one drawn, I think Marco Gelletti? I, however you pronounce yeah. his name, did the Electra portion as Daredevil, mm-hmm. and then they do, because there's almost two side stories going on, um, with Matt Murdock in jail, and then, um, the Electra stuff. And it was also a tie into the King in Black story. That's like the film shoot, right? Yep. Well, wait, so, Daredevil, well, it, um, well, firstly, wasn't it that second artist, uh, Mike Hawthorne, who's pretty decent? Yes. He's pretty decent. So they had two actually really good artists mm-hmm. on it. Two distinct artists. I mean, there's yes. definitely differences. Because mm-hmm. um, Hawthorne isn't as, as clean of a line. Correct. He's more of an indie flavor, I would say. But, um, shit, what was I going to say? Uh, I also don't really. Well, it's different. He draws Electra with a lot of hair. Because, like, in 25, I think it was, or, or, or like, some issue I saw him in. Because she was in jail talking to Matt, and she had, like, a head full of fucking hair. It was, like, mm-hmm. flowing and shit, like, fucking Frank Miller style. But she's also committing to not killing while they're double. Mm-hmm. So. So when did he go to jail? When did he? Yeah. Issue 25. He turned himself in, then they had the court and shit. Um, but issue 25 is when he went to jail, and then you find out Electra is becoming the new Daredevil to, be, to keep an eye over Hell's Kitchen. Okay. So which one had Spider-Man on the cover? Uh, was that 24? Because like, that's what I've got. Probably right around there, because okay. Spider-Man actually got really pissed. Because I don't really feel there's that Spider-Man-Daredevil friendship that they used to have anymore. Right. Um... Because, basically, Spider-Man gave Daredevil an ultimatum of, like, you murdered someone, like, I'm not going to allow them. Which, I think is a fucking troll, because Captain America's kill people. Wolverine's kill people. How are you going to get down on Daredevil for one person? And I feel like he asked before. I don't have been after, like, uh, fucking Daredevil's killed everybody. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure Spider-Man's had to have killed people before. He had the storyline when it was him and... and and fucking Wolverine is written by Jim Owsley, aka Christopher Priest. When Spider Man kills a woman, because like he, he hit her too hard. Yeah. So kind of the same shit. And he killed that Gwen Stacy. And he killed Gwen Stacy. Yep. You can blame Green Goblin all you want. End of the day, it wasn't Green Goblin that killed her. He's a scientist. He should have known that you can't just have a web that snapped her neck. Yeah. So. Also, hasn't see my. This could be good in the in the execution of it, but I feel like in my lifetime, so 2007 Civil War, the same thing happened. Matt went to jail, and Iron Fist became... Yes. It was, it's kind of rehashing, yeah. but that was quickly, because I think they uh, he was out of jail within uh, two up issues. You had Devil in Cell Block D. So one story art. Yeah, one art. Because that's when Brubaker first took over, I believe. Yep, that yeah. was because, yeah, uh, Bendis ended his run with uh, Matt Murdock going to jail. Mm-hmm. Which I'm trying to remember why. Because they had that tabloid that outed him. Yep. Was it just the anti-vigilantism, or? Well, why would he have gone to, like, normal jail when they took people to, like, the wrath or some shit, didn't they? 
Yeah, see, I don't think he murdered nobody. Yeah, I, I don't remember why. And I just read that. Well, I mean, when I say I just read that, it was like three years ago. <laughs> I went through and read all of the uh, Bendis and Brubacher runs, which hold up, fucking best Bendis at his best, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and Brubacher was good too. And then I was trying to find the Andy Diggle stuff because it was like two story arcs. And that was it. it wasn't that great, but uh, just because it, it almost. Those three runs almost kind of act as a trilogy to each other. Yep. And then, because when it, uh, Shadowland ended... I think Diggle came back. And Mark Wick... I think Diggle did, did something after Shadowland, too, though. He, he did... He, he did a mini-series. There's yes. a mini-series that kind of wrapped up the run, yes. leading into uh, Mark Wade taking over. But, you know, Daredevil... And uh, Daredevil's always been, like, the more tragic hero. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so what's your pick for? Well, unless you have other questions on. No. All right. So All moving right. on, your pick for. So my first pick is going to be a rehash from last year. I'm pretty certain, but that's going to be one of the best books out right now, which is Savage Dragon. It's a good book because it's an indie book. It comes out relatively on time, and it's like I think I said last year. It shows a storyline of a, this set in our in the nerd timeline because. His dad, because, like, people who may not know, uh, Savage Dragon, did Savage Dragon have a real name? I think the name was just Savage Dragon, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, Savage Dragon was Dragon in 1992. He stopped being Savage Dragon in 2018, probably. Now his son has taken over as Savage Dragon, who he had in, like, 1994. So is that his son right there? Yep. You can tell because, like, he's half black, so he has, like, the beard. The Fuller Lips. So it's one of the only superheroes that I can think of it that happens in relatively real time. And um, it's also a sex comedy because of him and his girlfriend. They have a lot of sex and, and like the way that they do it is very interesting. And like they, because she suffers from a uh, sex addiction and then like they hated what was going on in America because Eric uh, Larson has always been really political. So they hated what was going on in America because of things at that time. So, so they moved to Canada. After there was a, a ruling saying that if you're an alien or a freak, like they're freaks, of course, like that's what they call like they're mutants. Like you had to be, you had to leave America. So they went to Canada. So now we'll see if they come back. But anyway, so then it shows that um, Malcolm Dragon fights villains that were his dad's friends. He has his own set of villains that he fights. He, he uses his blood to heal a a lot of people in the book, and when he gives a blood transfusion to someone who's dying, they not only heal, but they also turn to a, a dragon-like character for a couple of issues as well. And this one, and the one that you're looking at here, on this page, good timing, it, it flips the script. Because Eric Larson has always said that all of his dragon stories are in his own continuity in his head. Even if they happen in the alternate universe. So this Savage Dragon here is an alternate reality version of the Savage Dragon from the Image comic books. So somehow... That Savage Dragon has come back to the current main lane universe, and like he wants to be in Malcolm's life, all of Malcolm and not his son. And what's getting even crazier, so that Savage Dragon does have children who are also in this book, because uh, they had a storyline a couple years ago that I haven't read, where Malcolm Dragon goes to an, a, a, basically a multiverse and meets different versions of himself and his dad. And then he brings back some of his have siblings from, well, I guess, alternate reality siblings from the other worlds. So, the new Savage Dragon OG, he's a man out of time in, in, in a world that he, he didn't create. So, like, they, they have 
different storylines. It's having the Mouse and Dragon storyline, then about his alternate reality dad. So there's a lot going on in this book, and I, I like the fact that Eric Larson has a memory to remember all the shit he did years ago. Put some titties in that book, too. Yes, there are titties in the book all the time. There's, uh, like I think I said last year, and this is a fucking comedy, because one time, Savage Dragon nutted in the girl so hard, it came out of her nose. <laughs> so it's <laughs> a straight comedy. I'll be, I'll be honest, there's only been one Savage Dragon book I've ever read, and that was in Teenage Mutant Israel's uh, Urban Legends. So this book here is the first appearance, I believe, of Savage Dragon in print. This one right here? Mm-hmm. So, like, he reprinted that, and then it was crazy. Eric Larson even counts the Savage Dragon stories he came up with as a kid in continuity. So is this as a character he's always had in his yes, head? always. He used to draw Savage Dragon comics as a kid. And like I said, they're all in continuity. So the continuity he So there's storylines people don't ever heard of, except <laughs> <Yeah>. for him. <laughs> Which right here, there's all the Marvel characters. Right. I mean, it's very evident. Spider-Man. Oh, and Thor. Superman. Yep. Thor. Probably Flash. Probably Flash, maybe. No Batman. I mean, are, those, are, are those just Marvel? That's definitely Superman. I'll, I don't know who the fuck this is. I thought it was Human Torch at first, but... Maybe some of them aren't... Oh, wait, no, because that's Superman right there. Yep. But, yeah. um, I was a fan of Savage Dragon as a kid, because reading Wizard Magazine, because Wizard Magazine definitely showed a lot of love to, to Image back in the day, and also from the cartoon... And also from the old miniseries. Uh, but um, the only time that I've read Savage Dragon consistently has been on my pull list for probably about two or three years ago. So is this the original Savage Dragon? Yeah, that's the same Savage Dragon from the back of the book. So this is the OG Savage Dragon. OG. That's why his fin is kind of different. Was that how it originally was? Mm-hmm. I know it wasn't that book. Yep. So that's always how I remember Savage Dragon was going well, right there. That's how it was. Because uh, uh, that comic book in, in the back was... Published, uh, published like in a fan, is it fanzine, fanzine? What do you call those things? Zine? Fanzine? Yeah. It, Magazine, fanzine. Yeah. Graphic fantasy. So back when, so before he went to Image and brought Savage Dragon back, that's how Savage Dragon looked in publication history as well. So, that's really all I've got to say about it, but it's a good book, it's a good read every time it comes out, and this cover here of 250 is obviously a, a homage to the first issue ever. Mm-hmm. Came over the first issue of, of the Image Comics current run. Because it's the same exact pose. He just changed the face, make it Malcolm and not um, Savage Dragon. So is that the is Savage Dragon the second longest image book? Yes. But, but it's the longest one that has the same creator on every issue. Has it always been Eric Larson? Yep. He's wrote every issue of it? Every single issue. And what's crazy about it, so back like 94... You might recall this. You might not. Image Comics had a month where they would flip books. Like Jim Lee did blah, blah, blah. Every creator had their own book. This did someone else's book. So Jim Lee did Savage Dragon. Like maybe Savage Dragon 17 or some shit. But Eric Larson said, no, uh, I, I want to fuck with our idea. But I also want to maintain that I do every issue of Savage Dragon. So he put out a second of that same issue that he did that was in his, his storyline. So like you yeah, have that un... So, hypothetically, let's say it was issue 10. 
There was two issue exactly. two issue tens. Mm-hmm. And like the Jim Lee one came out first, and I think like I think it was later on, like a year later, he came back and he did that one, so he so he, he could keep the streak. What was that kind of respect? Yeah, because he's not has has been thinking on like large gaps were like with yes. in between issues. Like he 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 definitely isn't monthly. I don't think he's been monthly in probably uh, two decades at this point. So how often would you say a new issue comes out? Quarterly? How, or how many mean, issues a year would you say? Probably about 80 a year. Uh, yeah, roughly. If I had to guess, about 80 a year. Uh-huh. And then um, he's written, drawn, and inked each of the... I think now they're on like 260, maybe. Whereas Todd McFarlane, who keeps bragging on the cover of every one of his books, and he's the longest-running independent comic book, which technically is true. But unlike Cerebus, unlike Savage Dragon, Todd McFarlane's probably only done... Of the 200 and some, of 300 something that, that are out there, he probably only has contributed to maybe 200 of those, if, if there's 300. Because he'll take long, long bits of time where he does nothing, he does nothing on them at all. Which is fine, too. But in terms of having a real record, Cerebus was all Dave Sim for those 300 issues. There's 260 of Savage Dragon have been all Eric Larson. But different artists. Or on what? Savage Dragon? Mm-hmm. No, no, he's written, drawn. Oh, he wrote. Oh, so he does it all. Oh. Besides like the colors and um and letters. And same with Dave Sim. Like Dave Sim has some help doing backgrounds, I believe, but in terms of the figure drawing, but he wrote, drew, and inked on every single issue. But Tiger probably has not done that. And Savage Dragon was the latest when Eric Larson was also like the publisher, so it probably was a good eight-year stretch when like he was actually like the publisher of the whole Image Comics line, mm-hmm. to where he was really late. Hmm. But now, like he's not the publisher anymore. I'm thinking now, um, not Jim Valentino, but one of the other people is like the publisher. No, 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 Matt Hawkins, who started off as Rob as Rob Liefeld's assistant. Since he's running the shit now. Eric Larson has been more consistent, but he also took a couple months off because like, he did some work for Marvel last year, which I, I, I haven't seen or read but, um, some Spider-Man miniseries. That who did? Eric Larson. He did Spider-Man? Mm-hmm. I think like Peter David wrote it, and then like he, he drew it. He also did like a Captain America The End, like you know how they had like those uh, mm-hmm. those one-shots last year? He, he drew the Captain America one. Oh, really? He might have even wrote Andrew that one, but he, he, he also did like the Spider-Man book, too. But besides that, he's been more consistent than, than ever. Interesting. Alright. So, move on to the next one? Yep. What's your next entry? Alright. So, mine's going to be uh, kind of a little different. Um, It's actually going to be, I'm going to say, I'm going to hold on to one of them right here, but the DC anniversary issues that they did last year. Oh, okay. Um, so they've been doing these for a couple, couple years now, but they actually had quite a few of them that came out. Yeah. Uh, this past year. Um, which some of them haven't been that great. Some of them have been really good. I know. Uh, oh, I'm speaking like they did the Detective Comics 1000. Which was the only one that was really uh anniversary of that character. Otherwise, it's like DC Comics been around for 80 years and we'll do. Well, they did the, it was actually anniversary of the 80th anniversary of the character. Like, really? so they did the the Robin one, um, 
which is funny because it was the 80th anniversary of Dick Grayson, but um, and the uh, 80th anniversary of Alan Scott for Green Lantern. Oh, but they did a ce- but they did it as a celebration for the entire line of characters. So, you know, I still think the best of all these anniversary issues they've done was Detective Comics 1000, but I think that was the previous year, yeah, um, yeah, or something like that. But what I liked is, because they, like I said, some of these have been very weak, where they haven't been good, but Robin was great because you actually seen a celebration of every character that's ever been mm-hmm. Robin in mm-hmm. there. It got you an old school Tim Drake story, it got you a Stephanie Brown story, mm-hmm. it got you a Jason Todd, and the thing I liked about it is, they actually got creators from that time frame yep. that did them. Same with Green Lantern, because, uh, I think I've spoken before on this, but like Kyle Rayner is my Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the Green Lantern I grew up on. But Kyle they brought the show Daryl Banks mm-hmm. and Ron Mars. Yes, and, and Ron Mars. Yes, yes. Um, who I think they both reunited to do the Green or uh, the Kyle Rayner story in that Green Lantern uh, book. But you know, then you had a monumental issue of Detective Comics one thousand twenty seven, where it actually has per- surpassed. Detect or Action Comics with how many issues? Because Action Comics went back to monthly, where Detective stayed at twice a month. Oh, really? Um, I mean, and the fucking book was thick as a dick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that might be the thickest one I feel like. It is definitely because it, and it's funny because I pulled out uh, Action One Thousand. Uh-huh. This is like double the size of Action One Thousand, and I feel you paid the same fucking price for it. And uh, that one was like I feel like actually no no like they were all like nine ninety nine because I, I I think they're afraid to go over nine ninety nine for right now at least yeah now I'll stick still stick to um, a statement Evan and myself have made years past that I do feel like when you have a not monumental issue issue like uh, Amazing Spider Man issue eight hundred. They gave you a thick ass book that was one, one story. That's still the best one of all of these books because mm-hmm. I hate. I kind of don't like the anthology shit. Yeah, which feels like that's where a lot of books are going. Now, I thought, Dete- I think Detective One Thousand, Action Comics One Thousand, should have been one story. I get Detective Comics One Thousand Twenty Seven, and I get the one shots like the Robin, the Green Lantern, mm-hmm. stuff like yep. that. Um, but yeah. They've done, and you know, I'm not saying every fucking single story in the Detective One Thousand, and all of these are great, but they did have some really good ones in there too. Um, but just kind of a format I kind of like to see. Um, I'm trying to think what other ones that came out. That uh, they did Flash, but Flash. that might have been. No, I think that was still last year. They had Wonder Woman, Flash, which those were actually um, numbered issues of their. Yes. Run. So each everywhere issue seven fifty. Had a Joker. Joker was might have been the weakest one. Yeah, because I mean Joker, in my opinion, can't can't really carry a book on his own, or even a book about him. I think it's kind of trash. Well, DC feels to argue us. They got a new Joker is so fucking oversaturated. Like back in our day, like when we were starting off with comics, you might get one Joker for a year if you're lucky, because they knew he was so overused. That's what they need to go back to doing. Yes, now Joker makes a main character. Kind of like Venom. Yes, Venom. Venom was yeah. Okay, so on this Detective One Twenty, I mean One Thousand Twenty Seven. This is the one that Chip Sadarsky did, and he kind of looks like um, what's his face? Uh, Pete Woods. Yeah, a little bit. Definitely some Pete Woods in there. So Pete Woods and Chris Sandman. 
But yeah, I'm sorry. You were saying? Yeah, but uh, there were Joker. I fuck another woman. Like, was it Harley Quinn? Did, did she have one somehow? Which would be dumb as fuck. I was almost going to say she did, but... She had something, I feel like. Hers, like, was, was it 10th anniversary? So, like, could have been her 20th. 25th. Like, yeah. It, it might have been her 25th anniversary. It's 92 to... If you count the cartoon, yeah. No, if you count the cartoon, it's close to 20. Well, 90, what was it, 92? 2002, 2012. Yeah. So you actually have her 30th year coming, yeah. anniversary coming up next next year. Crazy thing. Yeah. One of the newest characters released in comic, or is 30 years old. Because in the comics, she came, what, 97? No, 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 no probably not. Yeah, like no, 95 90, or 99. Yes, yep. Because right, right. uh, it was in No Man's Land, which was uh, 90, all of 1999. Yep. I think it was mid year. Like around summertime of nineteen ninety nine. Was Harley Quinn number one her first appearance or or always something else? Comic? Like in the yeah, main comics. continuity? Yeah. Or just her first comic appearance? In the main continuity. They did that special with uh Jim Lee or not Jim Lee, Alex Ross cover. Uh it was Batman Harley Quinn. Yes. The Pusset during No Man's Land. Um Yeah, and the inside art was not nearly he even no Alex Ross. No. Too cartoony. I, I, I had one yeah, but and not even a good cartoon. And didn't even take any liberties from what the animated costume was, too. Mm-hmm. Which, I'll be honest, it was weird. Because I remember when the New 52 happened, and they changed her costume, and it was a drastic change. Like, that might have been the biggest overall change out of yep. any of the characters. I hated it. I'm like, nope, that's not Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn needs to be that. It's weird to see her in the Jester costume now. Which is weird that's because... Funny. Oh, it's hard seeing her in her OG costume, you're saying? Yeah. Yes. Which is weird because it depends on the storyline, which we just talked about this, I think, before we started recording. You, I think in Heroes in Crisis, she wore her clown jester costume, and then, like, all of a sudden, she'll have another storyline where she's not, and she's kind of wearing around her, like, daddy's little monster costume type yeah. thing. Um, were you one of the people who sent hate to that artist, uh, a Suicide Squad number one, and had him quit the comic books industry altogether? Because, like, that happened now, right? Uh-uh. The, the, the guy who was, the guy who got assigned to draw that and, and drew that cover in, like, 2011, he got so much hate, he quit Twitter, and he quit comics. The New 52 one? hmm Because that's not this. No, he, that's a little more cartoony. She and just drew her like a. It was, it was weird. I personally liked it, but it was not really Harley Quinn. It didn't scream Harley Quinn. Like, it, it was like, it was a more of a scream queen from, like, a horror movie type shit. But her, her. Roller Derby costume to me is my favorite costume of hers. Which is her current one. Yeah. I don't mind it, but I don't like when Amanda kind of draws it, but I don't like when she draws anything personal. She's too archy looking for me. You talking about this one? Yes. The cover artist or the interior artist is the... I'm not sure. I might be wrong. Like Someone who was associated on our team of that book. What's that artist's name? Um, Adam Glass was the writer. Who's pretty good, actually. And I remember I got the book, but I don't remember what it was about. The Rebirth stuff wasn't bad when they actually gave her pants and stuff again. Yes. Cause that was uh was that our boy well, the Tom Taylor? and shit. Don't no, I never liked though. 
I don't mind it. Honestly, it could be because I'm not a huge Harley Quinn fan anyhow, so I don't really have a dog in a fight. Well, actually, it wasn't even so much that. It wasn't New 52 that did it. It was uh, the Arkham games that originally kind of changed her. That's true. Yep. And you're, if, you're you're, if right. you look, it was they really followed what the Arkham. Yep. You're absolutely right. Because Arkham took a lot, a, a lot of fucking liberties with the costumes, but most of them worked for you. Mm-hmm. Um, Arkham, the Arkham games had had the best Batman costumes to me. Armored, but not too armored, I mm-hmm. think. Which is kind of what. Uh, Patrick Gleason kind of did on his run, and as well as a Doug Mankey on his, if you want to even call that a run. And now who I like, who you don't like, uh, Brad Walker. The only problem I have with Brad Walker's art is like his Batman eyes are too like like cartoony or something. Like they're too big. Brad Walker's okay. He's not like his Joker's really good. Yeah, his Joker is really good. The problem with the bat, the problem with the Brad Walker is is the writing from Peter Tomasi. Is what? It's the writing from Peter Tomasi, <laughs> which proves things I've said numerous times. Peter Tomasi is only good when he has the right artist with him. No, no, no. Brad, Brad Walker is good, but I the, said with the right artist with him, who is collaborating with him. I feel like because yeah, because uh, his Batman run has not been good. That shit has actually been pretty bad. Like his. Well, because they don't have Gleason. I mean, the art's been good. The art has been good on it. His writing hasn't been good. Yeah. Well, no, no I'm not arguing that the art hasn't been good. Uh, he needs the right collaborator with him. Yes. In order to I, I agree. I agree. So, I mean, anytime he's had Gleason with him, has been his yep. best writing. Green Lantern Corps. Yep. With Gleason, because when he went back into Green Lantern Corps. You're right. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. Any of his other Green Lantern stuff when he was doing new artists wasn't good. It wasn't good. Batman and Robin was good. Great. Uh, his Superman run was good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like he is. And I'm not saying Gleason is the only writer that he can collaborate it with. It seemed like it might be. Because <laughs> everything you're saying was Gleason. And normally I'd say, like, maybe it's Gleason adds more to it. But Gleason ain't that good of a writer. No. That Robin, Robin book was, was trash. Yeah. Well, again, it had a good concept to it, but his execution was not good. But. Um, but I also don't think Damien can hold his own book. In my opinion, no. Which we'll see, because now you got Josh Another. Williamson, who is actually one of the more premier DC writers right now. Yep. Um, going to be handling it. Which um, we might get into a little bit with one of my other picks. So. Mm-hmm. But any else at the, the anniversary issues? The only ones that I have are Robin, uh, Detective 1027, we'll call it, because it's easier to call it that. Um, yeah, those are the, the Green Lantern one was good. I, I wanted that, but honestly, I kept forgetting that it came out. Because honestly, uh, people in the audience and you, Brian, I've been out. Of, I haven't been as out of the loop in comic books since like my senior year of high school when I was like first started dating a lot. Even though I still buy them, but I'm out of the loop. I don't follow any news hardly. I hardly know when anything comes out anymore. Because uh, so when I heard about that book, I was intrigued by it because it didn't have a Jim Lee cover. It did. Yeah. Well, I collected the Jim Lee covers for all of them. I got you. But yeah, um, I wanted to read that one, but uh, I just can't. I just didn't get around to it. And then if it's still out, if it still is at my comic book store, I might get it like when I go back in February here. But no. Um, but that's a good pick, though. Again, it, it is an unorthodox pick, but like it still counts. Like that is a series of book, and then it came out twenty twenty. 
Alright, so what's your pick for number two? Alright, so my next pick is going to be um, a book that definitely premiered in 2020, I believe. If not, it was pretty close to it. And we've spoken about it before, like not 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 too in depth. But um Firepower. Mm. By Robert Kirkman and, and, and Chris Samney, Samney, Sam Samney, however you pronounce it. it. Um it's a really good book. I don't know what even made me pick it up. It could be because I'm Chris Asami fan and because I just finished, well, not just finished, but like, uh, I, I've recently had finished Invincible and, and people say like, this is kind of in the same kind of wavelength as that. Because it's, uh, Kirkman writing a teen or like a younger character and it's also him writing like a book about family. Like, those are two things that I feel like he, he does tremendously well. So, so, I got, and then I think the first three came out back to back to back too. So I like the fact that he put books out like that. Well, he released uh, a graphic novel. A graphic novel, which is weird. Because mm-hmm. um, I've read it, I'm up to date on all of Firepower. Are you? Yep. Yes. Um, which is a great book. Yes. Um, and actually, Kirkman's actually stepped up to become one of probably my favorite writers right now. Kirkman uh, has always been good, but I think that we don't have as much exposure to his work as like we should. Yeah. Well, he's never been bad. Um. So, it's funny you mention that, uh, and I'll kind of tie this into because this going uh, slightly goes into my pick too. Okay. Um, but Firepower is good. The only thing I'll say about Firepower is, but it was a unique way to launch it with a graphic novel yep. and not release individual issues, and then start the series. Yep. Um, but are you up to date on Firepower? I believe so. The last one that I have, um, his old master comes back. And then they fight. And then, like, issue six or something like that. I think I'm on, yeah. So, I think I'm caught up. Um, it's six or seven, I don't know. Um, my only complaint is I feel the last three issues could have been done in one. I agree. The same thing that I was going to say. So, the first, when the first, okay, so I had, like, the graphic novel came out for a very good price for, for like, that much content. I think, like, nine 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 Yep. And then the first two of the issues came out either bi-weekly or weekly. So he gave you a lot of content at once to get you hooked on it. But after those came out, it did kind of start dragging. And I got the first three three issues, then I went back and got like the graphic novel. And I kind of feel it was better that way to have a kind of like a fast forward. But let me ask you this. Am I correct in saying that his wife is that chick from the book, right? Or just a different chick? What do you mean? So in a graphic novel. He found like this uh, chick who he liked, who was bald headed like everyone else mm-hmm. in there, and then like they fucked, and then like like the master got mad that he found him fucking. Is this his wife now? No. Oh, okay. I I kind of thought both ways. For that's why I thought. And the wife's kind of like. That's how I got confused, but so it, but it makes it seem like his wife was also on an island because like she has a kung fu skills as well. Well, he taught her. <laughs> He's teaching his kids now too. How did I miss her? This issue, <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know. Um, but I read like, I read everything all in kind of one sitting because uh, yeah. But there was like the first four issues were out or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I got read the graphic novel the first four issues all at once. Gotcha. Now what I'm trying to figure out because this is a big thing I have with books because this this last year is probably the year I've really I won't say I got out of Mar- Marvel mainstream <laughs> mainstream Marvel and DC because I still collect a lot of it. But this is the last year's probably the end of the year I've collected the most 
non-Marvel DC books Because well. I've never known you to get like a, a bunch of non-Marvel DC books. I might be getting more non-Marvel DC books than just Marvel books. Because Marvel puts out nothing but trash. Nothing but trash. Which is actually weird because my number one book was a Marvel book. <laughs> but it ain't much. Like, yeah. I have a handful of Marvel books. And I mean, when if you look through, I mean, Mech, Mecha... Avengers and shit like that, like ro- it's robot of it. It's the dumbest fucking ideas. And you look at some of this shit, like who in the fuck? What's Marvel thinking when they make this stuff? But I like it because you're getting um, a lot of creators are starting to get a little more liberties. Some of it's good, some of it's bad. I know you're not a big Scott Snyder fan, um, but I've learned some Scott Snyder I like, some Scott Snyder I really don't like because it's Undiscovered Country, which I still get to me was trash, and I'm. Only read the first three issues. Yeah. Um, there was another one I started. Uh, we only see them when they're dead, which I thought was that's a trash. Good title. But that's a great that's title. Good. I did not like the book. I got I had to quit after the first two issues. Who did art? Um, it, is someone known? Because he, he typically even on his indie work, like he used artists that are known. Well, it's not Scott Snyder that does that one. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. That is it is. Um, L. Ewing does it. L. Ewing, not Al Ewing, because there's two. There's two. Oh yeah, Al Ewing's good. There's also an L. Ewing, I think, or Eve Ewing, who isn't that good. I don't like the book. It was a cool concept. So basically, they're these gods, mm-hmm. and you almost like you. Need them for nourishment, so when they die, like it's almost like they cut off pieces of them, and there's like they use them for nourishment. But just I read the first wish, I didn't really understand. But going back, there's so many books now that I get that are non Marvel, not Marvel DC. My only thing is, a lot of times they just I feel like there's a certain there's a story that they have in mind. It's almost like they could be mini series and not necessarily need to be full. Going back to where your pick was, Firepower. Do you think it's going to be a continuous, ongoing like? A Walking Dead that goes for 200 issues, or do you think it's... Knowing Kirkman, I think that he will have enough storylines for it to go on for a long time, but Kirkman sometimes, because Kirkman is also a businessman, he'll, he he knows when to end things if they aren't working now. Um, but now that you told me that like his wife isn't that chick from the book, I guarantee you at some point she's going to pop up again, so he's going to be conflicted about oh, going yeah. like the evil... the evil ninjas, because... Wait, 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 so... His wife's partner is also like one of, of like the fucking ninjas people, right? I gotta go back and reread some of them. I thought they said that, so it's crazy that his wife's partner is also involved in this shit too. So that means they have the, the, the tendrils for a lot of storylines to come. Yeah. Now I feel the best the best person that does books like this mm-hmm. is Mark Mill- Miller Miller however you want to pronounce it uh-huh. because he goes in there and says I'm going to do a storyline six issues and if he wants to do a sequel down yep. the road where he does another storyline he doesn't have to keep it on going he can do a second book to it that's how I think they should be yep. because sometimes you get these books and they're great and it's like I feel the story's been told now you're just dragging it out yep uh, so Mark Miller uses the the, uh, the uh, what do you call it the publication model that was first introduced in, in my knowledge on Venom in, in the 90s. Because Venom is just as saturated now as it was in the 90s. Because he had a series of miniseries. Like, back in the day, in the back of like, Marvel Comics, you can get a subscription to Venom, but it told you right then, it's going to be miniseries. So yeah, four, yeah, have a four issue, have maybe a month break, they have a second four issue, and they kept going, had different names to them. 
So that's basically what... Kind of like what they did with uh, Tim Drake when Tim Drake first started, yep. too. So they had Robin, been Robin 2, one. Robin 3. Did they have breaks in between, though? No, I'm not surely really. They, not, they I don't think breaks. it was too long, but yeah. maybe a that's shorter a one. Yeah. But I didn't realize that first Robin miniseries was immediate to... Yep. Not Tim Drake, but Tim Drake as Robin. Like They had that first issue yep. with uh, he defeated Scarecrow, got that costume with that pose, and then like it continued into yep. Robin number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, which was his training. I'm pretty sure in my Robin Reborn trade is somewhere in, in, in the studio, and like either like the back matter or in the prelude, they they actually spoke about that how we would write it to it. Or it's um, like, coming next week, Robin number one. Little known fact I just read about going into Robin. Mm-hmm. Did you know? Uh, I think it was Alan Grant. Original intent was to have anarchy. When he introduced anarchy, mm-hmm. it was the intention to have him become the new Robin. Yep. Yep, I I had read that before. Which honestly, that it, it's not a bad idea, but the, I guess the only bad part is no one really liked Anarchy after. Like, no, it would have been too close to I think to Jason, Jason Todd, like mm-hmm. this kid off the streets, like villain type thing. Yep, I think they did the right thing by bringing Tim Drake in. Yep, and now we got that uh mix mixed gentleman playing. <laughs> Uh, Tim Drake and Tiger. <laughs> I'm happy to actually get a live action Tim Drake for once. That's not my Tim Drake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew it was going to have to come eventually. Yeah. Can't wait to watch Three Robins. <laughs> <laughs> so now we got to black them up. But Tim Drake does like the black women. He, 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 he had like two or three black girlfriends back in the day. He, he dated one of the many uh, Fox children. <laughs> Fox children. Which all of a sudden I'm just be like, oh, we need a new, we create a new one. Yep. And then we did um, a Zoanne, I think her name was. Mm-hmm. So funny. I'll give you a little funny uh-huh. inside story. Uh, just happened personally with going on talking about the Fo- the Lucius Fox children. So right now DC's in the middle of doing their future state titles, mm-hmm. and not Luke Fox. Luke Fox was Batwing. Batwing. Is that still Kenny? Yeah. 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 Um, I didn't realize this, but there was another Fox son, Tim Fox, from the 80s, right. that they pretty much wrote off, but he is the new, the, the all-new Batman. Oh, he, yeah, yeah, Tim Fox is all-new Batman. So, for years, last few years now, um, I've been really trying to see how far back can I go with my Batman collection, mm-hmm. um, which I've now successfully got from 300 nice. to uh, current. Um... And up until a few months ago, there was all but two issues I needed. And I want to say it was Batman issue, like, 318. Um, and I was looking, and I was found this shop down in Detroit, and there was, like, a handful of books I needed. I'm like, fuck it, I'm just going to grab these ones. I'll come back at some other point in time. And I'll, I'll get it. So a few months went by, went back, to like, oh, I'm going to go buy the rest of them ones mm-hmm. I need. Well, they had all of them, but like two issues. 318, I think, was one of them. So I'm like, well, I'll have to look on eBay and just pick them up. As I'm now down to two of them. I just want to get it and have my run from 300 to. They're basically, if you do like the new 52 and the new and the rebirth runs, I think they're around issue, right around issue 900 now. Um, so a buddy of mine was looking, he's like, well, you might be paying like this issue 318 is going for like 50 bucks. I'm like, how is it so much? Like, and it's the first appearance of Tim Fox. So, flash forward to it was this black last Black Friday, 
Um, where I worked at was shut down at the time um, due to COVID. So I went to a couple places to look at. Not that I didn't have COVID. Um, but I went to a couple places. I had to pick up some long boxes mm-hmm. for my books. And I happened to look through. And I'm like, and it's just sticking there in the bottom box. And like, there's the two issues that I need of Batman. I grab, selling them for two bucks a piece. Ooh. Low when that happens. So I grab them, stop by them. And that was on a Friday. I think it was that next week on Monday. DC announced that Tim Fox was indeed the new Batman, Batman in Future State. And that book skyrocketed to like $500. Like 500 Yeah. Bought it for two bucks. Did you sell it? No. They needed it for the run. Yeah. Then immediately kind of fell back down again. Yeah, uh, yeah, because with shit like that, you, you got to hit right then. Because, like, remember that uh, X-Men had, like, the anti-Muslim thing in it that we bought? It went right back. I thought I was going to be a millionaire from these. <laughs> I found those recently. Yeah, mine, I think, is in my fucking sock drawer. Like, I haven't read it, and I haven't Might as well. looked at it. Toilet paper was more valuable than those. <laughs> that dude, and, and that dude is not, he's still canceled. He hasn't come back, I don't think. Cancel culture. Cancel culture. Um, but yeah, A Firepower is a good book, because I like the fact that, and also, the issues are, are long as fuck, I feel like. Like, they're typically over 20 pages, I feel like. Yeah, it's a good read. And, and it's pretty consistent, being that Chris Sandy can draw it each and every month. Month in, month out. But yeah, but that's all I got for a firebar. Who is your next one? Alright, my next one is going to be my first new to me. Uh, we kind of just talk, brushed on it recently, or uh, last couple minutes. Um, <laughs> which I actually have a fourth one too, but I just thought of when we were doing this. But Invincible. Yeah. Read the book for the first time over the summer um, off a recommendation from Evan. Told me it was probably the best superhero story cohesive storyline from start to finish that he's ever read and have to agree uh picked it up I, there's three compendiums of it i uh, bought the first one took me about a month before i started reading so i kept opening it up i'm like this is a wordy motherfucker um but it is literally a book that once you start you almost can't put it yeah. down mm-hmm. um you know we've talked I, I feel we've talked at length about invincible um, over the last few months, and I know uh, you got the side uh, episodes with Garrett rereading it. Uh, mm-hmm. um, so I won't go over too too much with Invincible. Yeah, but that's uh, phenomenal book for me for something I just discovered for the first time. Super excited! They just announced the release date for March the animated series, March twenty sixth. I thought March twenty something. Yeah, I like it's going to be an hour long episodes for uh, animated. Ain't gonna be cartoony. It's basically like, listen, we couldn't get the act, find actors to do it, so we're just, we're gonna still do it right. But mm-hmm. I feel like the animation really sticks to, yes, the cartoon. Because a lot of stuff the now, th- they're trying to make it too manga looking. Mm-hmm. But this looks like American cartoon, but not super. My cartoon. my cartoon. Yes, exactly. But adult too. Because mm-hmm. we're gonna have all that blood and gore. And I like that. You know, it is in the style of... Uh, Ryan Otley? Yeah, Otley. Who, because, you know, DC has been trying to do for years now. They do their DC original movies. When they first started coming out, that's what they did. But then it went to the house style, which I don't like. Not anymore, though, because the end of that, well, obviously, with... Uh, I won't talk too much about my deal to a movie. Apocalypse. Uh, 
But they started adapting their storylines, um, like Hush, but not using it. When they first started, they kind of incorporated the art style of the comic. And that was a cool concept, but I think it cost too much. Which but, I can see. Yeah. But um, I want to say, like, the Superman Batman ones. Uh, Heck, yep, yep, yep. With Ed McGinnis and then Michael Turner. Yep. Um, they did a few other ones, which I'm interested because they said they're doing the long Halloween, and now that they're done with that format, I wonder if they're going to... Go back to it. Yeah. I doubt it, because I still think it costs too much. I just animating it. Because, like, you have to get brand new character um, designers to make everybody in these different styles for each movie, and then you have to probably get different animation teams to animate it that way. Animation is a lot of money. Yeah. Especially if you, if you want to do it correctly. So I think that's probably why they stopped doing that, and they went to house style because it was the house style like you get the character. But they're done with the house style now because they just did. Uh, they've done a few of them now since then because they yeah, did they uh, the Superman one, Su- Superman Man of Tomorrow, and then they said Batman Soul. But that's back to that same old fucking Bruce Timm shit that we've seen for the last thirty fucking years. The Superman one was actually really good. Was it? But like the Batman one is in that Bruce Timm style, right? Mm-hmm. Is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The covers like his Bill, uh, Bill, uh, no, the covers uh, never fo- follow the design. Yeah, I, I, I'm saying, but like that was a good uh, cover, though. Oh, um, and I'll just kind of incorporate my last one too. So, uh, another one wasn't a book that started, it actually started probably about four years ago. Uh, but storyline I just read starting over the probably right around the same time that uh, I started reading, starting her up, but it's definitely Bruce Timms style. It's a little bit augmented Bruce Timm, but that's a Bruce Timm style. Uh, slightly. That's Bruce Timm style. That's fucking just a legal remedy. I guarantee that Bruce Tim was like the... Uh, oh, he is. He is involved in that one. Every time he's involved, it's the same art style. Um, but they've had more... Or actually, funny you say that, because uh, rumor is they're bringing HBO Max is going to do a sequel series for Batman the Animated Series. Hmm. Which would be interesting to see. Does it hold up? Can they do something that still holds up? Are they going to just uh, adapt that the comic book series, you think? That they just did? Mm-hmm. They had Hush in it. I mean... Maybe had other shit. I know no, it had Red, Red Hood in and it had Deathstroke. Uh, I hope not. It was okay. Not the greatest. Um, but I'll do my last pick real quick, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I think it was a series I started reading. Um, it's more modern than Invincible. I started reading about the same time I read Invincible, the, the Flash Rebirth. I went from issue one through all of uh, uh, Josh Williamson's run on it. Okay. Um, which I think he wrote every single issue of it. He was trying to do exactly what I think Tom King was going to do with Batman, um, and did a hundred hundred issue run of the book until Tom King got fired. But yeah, it's all one, one cohesive storyline from the first issue to... Does Gatsby come back? Not at the very, he does, but not, not at the very end. Like he's, uh... Zoom in, or, uh, Zoom's in it, Reverse Flash is in it, Godspeed is in it, um, really deals with, like, the family of speedsters and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, basically, he he did Mark Wade and Jeff Jones. Yeah. But introduced new concepts to it, 
uh, whilst still trying to be individualizing Mario, mm-hmm. um, but kind of brought back a lot of the pre-Flashpoint, like, remembrances and things. Mm-hmm. He brought back uh, Bart Allen, but it was it was really good. Uh, it was actually what got me to like Josh Williamson as a writer. Was this and I've one? never been a Flash fan. Okay, that's what I, I was going to ask. And um, <clears throat> I will say, if you like that iteration, if you read the old fucking Mark Way shit or, or like Jeff Johns shit, way fucking better. Because that shit, I did it for a little while. Uh, but I had to um, stop because I stopped enjoying it. I stopped enjoying it when I think when Iris was uh, came back from from being in the future or some shit, and like she was a cop work for like that that cop place that kept popping up. Mm-hmm. And I and then like I didn't like the shit with Mina or Mina or like whatever her name was. Yeah, there was a I mean there was a couple storylines. I mean you get. Not all gonna be fucking winners, but yeah. But that was not my favorite. Personally, that was my favorite run. And then I hated how he wrote Wally. He made Wally a crybaby. Yes. Supposedly the new writer after uh, um this future state. The rumor is it might be Wally's the main Flash. Why do they keep doing that? So Wally, I mean, wait, Black Wally or White Wally? White Wally. Did did they make him like like a big villain though? What's he behind? Uh, not anymore. Now he's redeemed. Oh my god! Yeah, DC's just just give up. But Black Wally, ironically, has never been good in a Flash book. He's great in Teen Titans. He was good in fucking Deathstroke, but in the Teen and but in his own books, he's been terrible in. Just a whiny little bitch. And is the old Zoom from from you know Fifty Two Silver's dad? The Zoom that was uh, Iris' uh, brother? Yeah, but they really don't delve into that a whole lot. Basically, towards the uh, first of it, he's like, I hate you, Barry. <laughs> you you didn't tell me about my yeah, dad, oh. my daddy. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm having flashbacks about it. Um, yeah, I, I didn't like Godspeed, although it was it should have been obvious that his new character, who, who, who's his best friend, is obviously going to be Godspeed. Yeah. <laughs> Who is this Mr. Speed? Kind of like, like when you did Hush and... Exactly. Oh, we're introducing this character exactly. named Tommy Elliot. I felt so dumb both of those times because... I thought, like, there's no way they're going to insult the reader this exactly. way. Exactly. I'm like, yep. it's a red herring, and they're going to make you think it's Tommy Elliot. Yep. Oh, well, we'll shoot him, but then we'll... Br- in the chest, but we'll bring him back because he's a doctor and he's able to... <laughs> Do his own operation on his chest injury. But yeah, man, that... That's exactly. I fell for it both times. Like, wait a minute, August is really we got speed. What? <laughs> yeah. Um. But it had good art though. That run had pretty consistent art because I think it was Giuseppe Camacoli was the art mm-hmm. on, on a bunch of who, who's great if he isn't inked by Klaus Janssen. Like he was on Spider Man for a while and he was terrible when he got inked by Klaus Janssen. And then it has somebody else who who, who who was also really good. Can't think of his name, but uh, he has the same kind of art style, but like he's a little bit different. But anyway, um, yeah. All right, so my I actually have two more too, I think. But the one I'll go with, kind of a segue based on what we were just talking about, is Teen. It's, it's, it's my new to me. It's Teen Titans. Cause, Which um, one? When your oh, boy like Rebirth Teen Titans. I think it might have been Rebirth. Yeah, with uh, with uh, Adam Glass and uh and Was Bernard Damian Chan. Wayne run. He, yep, but he's ran it twice though. He didn't do any fucking uh, 
New, New 52 Titans, though. No, but... So, so yeah, so not Rebirth when it first came out, when it was uh, Koi Fam doing art. And I can't think of a full writer, but not when it was Damien with uh, Starfire, a cyborg, and all them motherfuckers. When he kicked them off the team, when it's him and basically all new heroes. It's him, Wally, uh, uh, Lobo's daughter, this uh, genie lady, this fat dude. Which is weird, because you have Lobo's daughter, but didn't they have another kid Lobo or something like that back on uh, Young Justice? Because mm-hmm. I think that, that was... Uh, that was that was like a, a Lobo clone who wasn't fully uh, grown yet. But Lobo's daughter has has a fucking and then they did the best trope that I always like and it happened time and time again. Who is the traitor? And then like the traitor, I didn't see it coming. Unlike, whoa, who was the traitor? The fat one. Oh okay. Uh, and then it has a really good storyline because everybody in the book ha- uh, ha- has a secret. Then Damien was low. Damien was in love with the genie chick, but then, like, the genie chick liked Robin, and she liked Lobo's daughter, so it had, like, a little, like, uh, uh, like love triangle going on, and then, like, the uh, fat kid gets, he, he gets murdered, like, twice, but he comes back, so there's, a, it's, a, it's, like, Adam Glass isn't the best writer to me, but it's the mm-hmm. best that he's ever been, and then it's... I know you talked a few times about it. Mm-hmm. And a Bernard Chang, who, who's been around, like, 20, 20-something years, he, he, he's at the top of his game. Is he? Yeah, I've always gone back and forth on him. He can be hit or miss, but on this, like, like he's doing a really good job. Like, dialogue is good because they use modern slang, but it, it doesn't sound weird. But yeah, and, and, and it's the best Amy Wayne because basically, like his like like Batman did his dad, he's doing all this fuck shit like his dad did, and, and like John Paul Valley did. So Damian Wayne has a super villain prison. Underneath their their lair, that only him and and Green Lantern's sister, like Red Arrow, Red Arrow know about. So like the rest of the team has no idea like where all these villains are just going after they get defeated. So then eventually, like always, he gets found out. So then they have a, a like a little civil war. And they think that maybe he's a traitor who's given all of the intel to I think to um to some big terrorist shit. Isn't he trying to like mind wipe the villains though too, like reform them? I don't think he's. Or was it just a prison? It's, as far as I can recall, because it has been a little bit since I've read it, he's just, like, has him in prison. Okay. And then, um, he, like, yeah, like, Black Mass, he has fucking Baron Blood. I mean, not not Baron Blood. What's, uh... Brother Blood? Yes. He has uh, Starfire's dad in there, so he, it's a great book, a great storyline, and it's a teen book that isn't super kiddie, which I always like. Like, the, the thing that... I, I think it's most like is uh is Generation X by Scott Lobdell and Chris Bacalo and a young Terry Datsun back in the day. But then my uh my fourth entry, which isn't that great yet, but I think once it all comes out, it, it will get better. But that's Strange Adventures by Tom King, Mitch Jarrett, and um the new Mark Mike Boringo. Doc Doc Shane or whatever folks name. Doc Shaner? Yeah. Evan, Doc Shaner. Because it's good, but it's not good. I know what's going on, but I don't know what's going on. But I feel like once it all comes out... It can be a wordy motherfucker, too. Yes, it can be. Especially the Doc Shaner scenes about, like, the war. There's parts that go on, like... We were talking... I think it was before we were talking... um, We started recording again today. But we were talking about the different 12-issue runs that... uh, Stories that Tom Tom King's been writing... Mm -hmm. 
And some of the stuff just can, time can be confused. Like, yeah. he likes to jump around time frames. Strange Adventures isn't as bad, but it's kind of like a murder mystery a little bit. I don't really get the... I kind of, I like it, but I don't know what's going on. Because <laughs> they're trying to say that he was a war hero, but he did some shit that he shouldn't have been doing. It's showing that how people, when they're in a war, they make decisions that they shouldn't make, and sometimes maybe they lie to try to justify what they did, right? Because mm-hmm. they're trying to say that he kind of enslaved that world, right? Yes. And, and like, they're like he's a war criminal, but he's celebrated like he's a war hero here. That's what I'm getting from it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of taking like a long time to get there, but I do like it. Now, I miss a miracle. It was also pretty complex, but it made sense. It was more on surface level. This one's kind of. It could be because I skipped around a lot because yeah, like when it when like he's on that uh, fucking like the past scenes get a little boring. So I kind of skim a, a bit. All right. But yeah, but like when it gets finished, I think it's on six or eight now. I'll find a time like read it all together and like it should be pretty good because uh, yeah when he tells a self-contained story in my opinion it's pretty good. Uh, speaking of which, have you ever read uh, Omega Man? Omega Man? Probably not because that's kind of like all some and shit, right? Um, uh, I never read it. I've wanted to go back because it was a uh, Kyle Rayner storyline. Yep. <laughs> that was when he was still the White Lantern, right? Mm-hmm. But I heard that's pretty good too. And did a uh, Mitch address? Did Mitch? Jirajah the Arnett too? I don't remember. I just remember they kind of had like those uh, weird odd covers, like the yeah. poster type covers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, like war propaganda. Ones. Yes, that's what I was trying to think. Because he was in, because he was in like CIA, so I feel like he's done some things that he's trying to try to put in his work. But I was very anti Tom King at that time because he did Grayson, which part of me wants to go back and read reread Grayson mm-hmm. to see. Um, but I don't know if it was more or less if it was Tom Seeley. Mm-hmm. Or Tim Seeley? Tim Seeley. Tim Seeley. That maybe wasn't good with that. But, I mean, everyone loved that Grayson book. That shit was trash. So, um, I don't know. some point in time, I might go back. Might have a lot of time or something up here. <laughs> yeah, but um, I read, like, Grayson in a chunk at the end because uh, I stopped buying it new. So, uh, like, at my comic book shop, I like to pile up, like, 30 issues. And then I, I try to read them all together. I still can do it. But they, they redid a... They all reunited and did a Grayson story in that Robin uh, anniversary issue. And, and, and I scanned that too because it was so bad. Yeah. And I, I'm also like, not a fan of uh, Mikhail Jannings' art either. It's too uh-huh. Barbie looking for me. It's okay. Personally, I'm not a fan of it. And then I, I personally don't like that Helena Bertinelli was an African American person in that. Was that New 52 still? So? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they that? introduced her as part of Spiral. and Yes, Spiral is just trash. I still want to write my Batman story one of these days, which I may have told you about, but I'll say it here because I think it's the best Batman story ever. But I want to have a Batman storyline where he's going up against his three, well, who could be the three best villains at the same time. His baby mama, Taya Ghul, Amanda Waller, the person who can really outsmart Batman, one of the only few that can, and Lex Luthor. So Lex Luthor is going to come to Batman, like, look, you know, to Bruce Wayne, like, look, I know you're Batman. I want to get back to me just a businessman. How about you let me buy up some of your assets from Wayne Enterprises? And then, like, we're good to go. Like, no, nah, I'm not sending my shit. Like, look, if you don't sell me your shit, it's going to be a problem, bro. He's like, I'm not going to do it. So then, that's when 
like Luthor say, you know what? I'm going to talk to Amanda Waller, and they're going to re- rekindle like the romance for Batman and Superman. Oh, uh, like remember when they kissed? In Batman and Superman, the movie? No, um, in like the, in the comic book. Did they? I don't know where. And that's before I knew who she was. Luther and Amanda Waller. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that. But I'm gonna have him be like the, the third fiddle. You know, you gotta have that uh, diversity. With like hmm. the two women's, but you have this crazy baby mama, one of the best tacticians, then the, probably the second smartest person in the whole DC universe, all out to get Batman on every single front. So it kind of be like Nightfall and the Bane shit, but to get him at every conceivable level as Batman and as a Bruce Wayne. I think those are always going to be your best Batman stories. Mm-hmm. Outsmarting him, not trying to outfight him. Yep. And then Michael Bane that, was a good villain. Yeah, that's your boy Tom King. Well, no, Tom, Tom King actually made Bat Bane a. Actually, uh, you're right. That's probably the, it was the uh, best Bane. You wanna know who fucking fucked up uh, Bane as a villain? Gil Simone. Yes. Um. During Six or Six. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was that what it was called Secret Six? Because mm-hmm. um, that's when they made him just like this dumb brute type thing. Yep. Which, I mean, I think people always forgot. Like, during Nightfall, Bat- Bane was actually like super intelligent. Yeah. That was actually his greatest asset. Like, outsmarting Batman, mm-hmm. you know, until uh, he could uh, physically defeat him. Yeah, like, Tom King has probably done the best Bane since Nightfall. Probably the only good Bane since Nightfall. Mm hmm. Because he hasn't been good since. No one ever really knew how to write him. Because, like, he was... I feel like because he was so powerful, like, it became kind of a... Well, they got rid of his venom, and then, like, they said they got rid of his power. Like, fuck, you need to remember that Bane Bane was intelligent. Didn't they say, though, that the venom kind of affected his brain to where, like, he he lost his intelligence? And, like, like, especially while he, he, he got off of it? He may have. Who knows? But yeah, so, um, so that's going to be it for comics. So now we'll go back in. Uh, what do you want to do next? Podcast, TV, or motion pictures? Uh, we can do podcast real quick because this might be more of you talking. I don't have a whole lot of podcasts. I don't even know if I have any new ones. Um, But I'll talk to you a little bit. Okay. All right. So who was your first podcast? Or your only podcast? Let me pull them up. Yep. Here, why don't you do your first one and then. All right. Uh, my first one is the sequel. Well, is a companion series to one that that, that you may have heard of. It's one of those new um, storytelling podcasts. It isn't just people talking like us, but they tell an actual story. Um, and their tagline is "This is TV for your ears," and it's um, a companion to the podcast Tannis. Have you heard of Tannis before? Tannis. Tannis. T A N I S. I have not. Okay. Uh, I'm. Fucking with that now, and it's a really long one. It's like five seasons worth of it, but this one is called Fairy. So Fairy is in like the mythological creature, not like the the slang. I mean, like the bad term for people who have certain lifestyle. But this is essentially like X Files and sci-fi and fantasy, but something that, like as, as you all know, I don't fuck with fantasy or sci-fi. But this podcast is something that I can fuck with because it talks about um, there's this different plane of existence that people can tap into to where fairies are, are like real but like they are just like little people like fucking uh the chick with Peter Pan. They be the like ogres, kinda like that movie Bright. She saw Bright, right? With Will Smith and mm-hmm. um, oh. but, but in, in Bright I feel like uh 
bootleg Conan Bryan was actually a fairy in that movie. It's kind of like that. Um, and, and and they call like the fairy world is called like the Fae. So then like they go back and forth and like they're like is essentially it's it's like a murder mystery that involves this stuff. Um, so like that's really all I've got to say about it. It was a mini series. It had about thirteen episodes. And when it was warm, when I would take my jog and walks trying to stay fit, um, I would actually listen. I'll listen to that podcast and, and, and something really good like listen to on my way you're walking or doing something like that but you have to pay attention to it because a lot happens in it and they did a good job about actually telling you a, a story with only audio hmm and it's only like eight episodes I believe hour long episodes or 30 to 45 hmm but a lot of it is a long ass intro and then a long ass outro and then, and then they set it in the world to where they have a fake NPR called uh, something else. And, like, they have advertisements for their fake NPR on the show. So, like, they get really immersed in this fake world. Because, like, a podcaster almost gets hit by a bus. And then, like, the guy that saves her said that he saved her because that, that, that fairies are coming after her. Then, like, the whole story is about her trying to do an investigation, figuring out what's going on. She just so happens to be an investigative podcast. Hmm. At the National Public Radio Alliance. That's the name of their fake NPR. Yeah, that's my first one. Fairy by Parcast and I can't think of, like, the other person that's with. But, yeah, but, like, hopefully, hopefully, like, there's a season two this year. So that's hard because I don't really have any. So I, I have one that I listen to that uh, it's just a deep dive into an old TV show that I used to watch a lot. Do you have some one from last year? Yeah, okay. I got no new ones. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be a new one. But I like, thought it was something that I didn't. I have. I mean, obviously, I haven't expanded my podcast listening mm-hmm. at all this last year. So why don't I just have you go over your three? Um, if anything, I've actually one. cut back on podcasts nope. because, uh, as I was saying. I had such a backlog of podcasts uh, at one point in time when uh, I was working from home because I usually listen to my podcast in the morning when I'm getting ready. Then on the dr- when I was driving to work, uh, when the whole pandemic shit happened and I wasn't really going anywhere, it was hard to find time to listen to them. Right? Yeah, because you watch TV more than I do. It's like me. If I'm just trying to chill, I put a podcast on like a. All like on Google Home, I'm like just focus on to a podcast or shit. No, I used to. What I also would do is uh, I was reorganizing all my comics in the mm-hmm. basement, and that's when I'd listen to them because I put it on the, the speaker or my headphones. Yep. Um, and I'd go down there, uh, and I sorted through all my comics. And then I went through and pulled all my comics and taped all the bags and boards mm-hmm. uh, because I had some water damage when I first moved into my house, so I wanted to make sure that didn't happen again. Um, and then when I don't have things like that happening. That's when I uh, kind of fall out of listening to them and stuff. The podcasts are are really good background noise type shit too, yeah. And then like like on on Fairy, like I said back during the summertime, I was making a very concerted effort to get like walks and jogs in at least five days a week. So then when I would do that, uh, it was perfect for that. Um, and now I I tend to listen when I'm getting ready to like go somewhere. Uh, like in the shower, and now uh, when I uh, drive for work, because I drive for work now. But honestly, because I got like because because I got like a new vehicle, 
and I get like set the uh, from Sirius Radio for free. I'm just I'm listening to like a lot of like the uh, comedy channels on there too. You know? Yeah, I got it earlier this month, but not too long ago. 2019 Malibu. Alright, my next podcast is going to be, it's called Excuse My Ad-Lib. It is a hip-hop based podcast. And I, I like the fact that like my hip-hop podcast, they aren't really professionals in the field. This is regular dudes talking about a podcast. I like the fact that they're very organized. They have different segments of their show, which can get a little boring. I don't, I don't like shows that have like their set segments either. I kind of like more of a free-form type thing. Mm-hmm. But um, it, but one of their hosts typically gets them off track, and that is pretty funny. And, like, their segments are typically hip-hop news, and then they have um a segment called GAF, which stands for Give a Fuck. So, like, they talk about some hip-hop headlines, and they ask the person if you give a fuck about his headlines. That's pretty good. And then um, they have one called Yams of the Week, and that's typically like their Jet Beauty of the Week segment, where they find like a chick from Instagram and say, hey, this chick is hot, you should check her out. And what's cool about it is they have like their own language, and it's cool when podcasts have their own language or their own catchphrases, like like we've had in the past. I can't think of any now on top of my head, but we've had our own catchphrases and shit. Like, um, they have adopted the uh, people from like Miami that can't say music, they're saying music. So, like, they say that, although they aren't from Miami. And, um, They'll uh just I like do things like that. Then my third one, my final one, is going to be the first podcast that I ever listened to in my entire life, and that's called Eleven O'clock Comics. Um, I have a love hate thing going on uh, on this show. Sometimes I love it, sometimes I hate it. I, I've gone years like without even fucking with it because it got so boring to me. But lately, it's gotten really good again, and I like their insight on comics because, like I said. We both haven't really been active in the comic world, and then it's cool now that they read books that I never even read or even heard of before, and they make them good. And like, and because I've heard these guys for since two thousand seven, seven seventeen, two thousand seven. So over ten years, I've been hearing these guys talk. So like, it's cool to see how they've grown over like the past decade. So that's it for podcasts. Um, next we got. On the movies or TV next? Let's do TV. Okay, who's your first TV show? Pull back up here. Alright, my first TV show, I'm going to say Stargirl. Really? So, um, what was originally supposed to start as a DC Universe app show, R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, ended up switching over to the, the CW. Um, was it like a simulcast kind of type thing? Like, yeah, it, it aired first day on uh, the app, and I think it was yep. the next day or two days later on the CW, um, or a week behind, something like that. Uh, so hard to say if this takes place in the rest, same universe as the rest of the uh, CW universe. Greg Berlanti mm-hmm. uh, shows, but um. <laughs> Um, realistically, it was just, it was a fun show, uh, really fun, really, I've never read the Stargirl comic, it made me want to kind of go back, uh, I am a Jeff Johns fan when it comes to, like, a lot of his writing, or a lot of his older writing, at mm-hmm. the very least, and yeah, I know that like was one of his first books, yeah. I think, if not his first book, he did for DC, um, but getting the Stripe, Stripesy robot into it, uh, actually creating a decent 
Legion of Doom hmm. um, with the villains. It was just all around, con- it was very consistent. Highly recommend it. Um, it brought a lot of fun back that I think a lot of those DC, an- or not DC animated shows, those DC CW shows kind of started lacking. Um, how uh, how are the Cecil effects? Very good. Now, again, I don't know if that had to do with the fact that the DC app had a maybe a larger budget. It'll be interesting to see what season two is like right. uh, that they're filming now. Uh, but it had Luke Wilson in it, which I like. Um, I can't remember. Oh, uh, Amy Smart was the mom. So, it had a decent cast in it. Does, like, the mom die? No. She was kidnapped. And are Luke Wilson and the mom still uh, together? Can I thought it was, I thought, like, yes. an Yes. I, I, there was something where she didn't trust him or keeping the secret, but... Uh, okay. I think, by, I think by the end of the season, they got back together. We're kind of... And uh, he's her, he's her stepdad, right? Yes. Okay, that's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, I haven't seen one frame of that show because it looked really corny. And like Star Girl looked like she was on like nineteen ninety Flash show. Oh, like, I recommend it. It was it was a fun show. And that's on Max, all right? Yes. HBO Max might be like a fucking dark horse, man. Like they're doing like a lot of shit that that the people are liking. Putting all their movies out, although like Christopher Nolan doesn't like that. Fuck Christopher Nolan. <laughs> Christopher Nolan, the movies don't exist anymore, bro. Yeah. It doesn't well, exist. Yeah. You want them to be in theaters, you gotta understand, there might be another, you're gonna have a two year fucking gap where people can't go to a fucking movie theater. Theaters aren't coming back. And they ain't gonna, people ain't gonna feel comfortable. No. You wanna know what people can go see a movie theater for? It ain't gonna be for Dune. No. It's gonna be for fucking Black Widow. It's gonna be, I mean, unless you're making a comic book fucking movie, it's not gonna be for Tenet. Yeah. They opened them up for fucking Tenet, and guess what? No one went no and saw it. And everyone I know that's seen Tenet don't know what the fuck it was about. That Chris Nolan's problem, man. Like, he, 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 he getting his, he's starting to fucking jack up to himself on film too much. And then, like, he, he doesn't understand. I know that he loves these big fucking spectacles on, on, on the cinema, but cinema isn't going to be a thing anymore, bro. Well, you, you, have you just have to learn to adapt. Yes, you, you know have what to I learn did? to adapt. I went and bought myself a new $2,000 sound system for my did house. You? Well, fuck, when you have HBO going to release every Warner Brother movie, like, this right. is going to be the norm. Like That's the norm now. You know, why not spend a little bit, not something nice and have your own, a nice home theater system? But Chris Nolan won't do it. I bet Chris Nolan has a fucking, uh, a fatback TV suit. <laughs> Let's go to the movies. <laughs> he got that tube. He got that tube TV. The black and white. <laughs> With a coax. Yeah. Rabbit ears. Because <laughs> he doesn't even want cinema. Like, bro, grow up. Like, him get, and he got so mad about it. Does he not watch the news and see what's going on in the world? That theaters aren't open? Yeah, I mean, at some point in time, don't get me wrong. In the back, back of me, like, I'd like to be able to say I'd go to a theater. And I don't know, yeah. I don't know if I would or not if they open, they open them back up, like, real briefly. Yep. Um, and then closed them again. And I don't know what it will take. I mean, I'm not going to just jump in first sign and go to a movies, um, which we're coming up to probably like a year time frame that I haven't been to a movie theater. Um, but, you know, there are certain movies that I do feel like if you're going to watch on the big screen, it would be better. 
Uh, but yeah, like, you know, I just I watched Wonder Woman at home on Christmas Day. And yeah. Guess what? It was fine. But you weren't going to cry about it like Christmas. No, no. It sounds like he's just a one. Guess what? That movie there. was fucking a year and a half old. What, yeah. what are they going to do? They've already paid for it. they got to earn some some sort of revenue for it. Exactly. Anyway. Um, I mean, you got to look at the fact that, I mean, they're still filming these fucking Marvel movies right now. Mm-hmm. They're going to... Fucking Black Widow. Done. Eternals. is done. Uh, Shang-Chi. I think done. done yep. They're filming Spider-Man right and uh, Doctor Strange right now. I mean, they're going to have fucking o- over five movies in the can ready to fucking release mm-hmm. as they're continuing filming more. Like, I mean... You can't continue to hold on to a point that people don't care. Yeah. And I think, you know, Marvel is really sticking to their guns right now, like, refusing. They they said they will not put uh, Black Widow on Disney+. Plus, But at least they ha- do have WandaVision out right now yeah. to not really just completely forget about it. You know, DC don't have those TV shows. They have to. Like, they don't have a choice. People are going to fucking forget about them and not care. And, I mean, it's been years, and I know... You don't care about them as much as you used to, but uh, a lot of people said the downfall was coming. I don't think they anticipated the downfall of the comic movie from happening because of this. A lot of people just thought it was going to be oversaturated, and that was it. But it's just to a point, and I think ultimately it's just the fact that, like, you know, you take it away for so long, people are like, I don't need this anymore. Right. But at least fucking Disney is dangling that carrot a little bit. Like, oh, you know, here's Wanda. Um, and that's going, and that's going to go right in. I think you have maybe a week or two gap, uh, once WandaVision's over, and then you got Falcon and Winter Soldier. That's from what I understand is, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier isn't a season one of a show. It's a, they said it's a miniseries. It was, uh, basically a six hour movie. Mm. It's six episodes. That's it. Hour long episodes. They said by the end of it, you will know who the new Captain America is. Um, and I don't think they, I mean, Obviously, money talks and bullshit walks, but, so, I mean, if it, it does really well, they could have another season. I hope they don't. I think that's a smart format. These are shows you don't necessarily have to. Like, do one season of one and done, yep. so that's what you need. That's what I said when they fucking brought that, started doing the Agent Carter with ABC and shit. I'm like, you don't need a fucking series of nope. Agent Carter. You want to do a six-episode uh, li- limited run? And that could have been a new format. I came up with this fucking format years ago. Like, <laughs> every year, just choose a secondary character that doesn't need a movie yeah. that you can do a TV show about with a TV show budget and go from there. I mean, that's kind of what Star Wars was trying to do with their movies. With, like, their Star Wars number movie, then, like, a anthology movie. But it could have worked, but Solo did so poorly. It's Which is so weird. I don't, and I don't even think Solo did poorly. They messed up. Studio fucked that one up. Mm-hmm. I mean, they filmed a completely another movie mm-hmm. because they got a little nervous about uh, the tone. The was Chris Lord, Phil Lord, whoever mm-hmm. uh, uh, did the first one, and then refilmed the entire movie with fucking uh, Ron Howard. Ron Howard. So it wasn't that Solo was a bad movie, and I've actually never heard one person say Solo was a bad movie. I never heard anyone who's actually seen it say it was bad, but it's like what I hear. On like internets, but that's true. I haven't it's heard anyone who's actually anyone seen it. it. I've never heard a bad thing about it. The problem is they had a tried and true format of uh, um, December releases with Star Wars that you know. I mean, you can't say tried and true because like it happened twice. Three. They had uh, what were the three? Force Awakens, Rogue One, uh, Last Jedi. 
Yes, I'm sorry. All did well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it it was working for them because there's just never really a huge release in December. So what do they do instead? Oh, throw it right fucking smack dab in the middle of uh, Deadpool 2 and Infinity War. And that was Kathleen Kennedy because she said, this is Star Wars. Star Wars is the biggest thing ever. Like, okay, it may have been back in the 70s, but uh, Iger had a good idea about having it come out in the wintertime because summer's going to be superheroes and winter's going to be Star Wars. And he's right. They worked those three years, but Kathleen's ego got in the way, and that's why she's going to be fired pretty soon. I think she's fired already, but they can't resist to say she's fired. And then guess what? Not only that, that point in time does the movie have to do well, it has to do the two well enough to fucking earn back the budget of fucking filming two movies. Yes. So it, it was impossible. Kind of like Justice League. I mean, Justice League, you, when you had, when Zack Snyder filmed the entire, like, 80% of the movie or 90% of the movie, and then you bring in Joss Whedon, not only are you paying that director's salary, but you instruct, you basically instruct him to refilm the entire movie, you film the movie fucking twice. Like, yep. you're never going to get that budget back. So, yes, it's always going to be a failure. Uh, tangent on, on this tangent. What was worse? Uh, the final fight scene in Black Panther, like, in terms, in terms of special effects, or Superman's lip? Superman's lip. <laughs> I'm not sure, man, because uh, Black Panther had amazing special effects besides that last fight scene. Like, these motherfuckers look like rubber Neo from the second Matrix. <laughs> that shit was bad. But that lip was also bad too. Like that lip was as bad as watching X Men One in twenty twenty one with a Wolverine's head gets injured and he moves and he moves. <laughs> oh man, that fucking lip was bad. Okay, uh, that was you, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay, so my first we're doing movie or TV. TV. My first TV is a show that I forgot about, but it did come out in twenty twenty. And it's something that I think you will agree because everybody in the world watches it. In spite, it was probably the first meme of 2020 before the world ended. Well, actually, right as it ended. That's Tiger King. <laughs> I did forget all about that. <laughs> that was definitely 2020. And that, that was. was. And that was a phenomenon. For like a yeah. Good, probably a good six months. Everyone talked. Yes. And it fucking lived, it lived up to the hype. Oh, you got me a couple. Another TV show that I just remember that. Like, Wait. Yes, I do have another TV show that I But it's a show that actually lived up to the hype. Because it, it was as crazy as people said that it was. And uh, it, 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 it is insane. So that's, um, and there's not much to say about it. We've all seen it. We all know about Carol Baskin. And about this that bitch, right. Carol Baskin. <laughs> that bitch. And then uh, he tried to get a pardon by Trump, but Trump said no. And Trump was giving pardons to everybody who's way out. Mm-hmm. Lil Wayne, Kodak Black, who's a rapist. <laughs> but not Tiger King. So yeah, uh, there's not much to say about that show because we've all seen it, but it did live up to the hype, and it was a good ass show. It had what ten episodes, eight or eight or ten? Eight. I never did watch them. Then they filmed like a ninth episode. Yeah, that that was like a reunion, and I never watched that. The lady got her arm bit off by an alligator, and he was more concerned about uh, his finances. Like, I'm never going to finance and recover from this. <laughs> that is fucking crazy. They had that fucking meth mouth guy. Yes. And then, like, oh, like, the, you fucking having sex with, uh, Joe Exotic, and then, like, oh, I wasn't gay. <laughs> that shit was crazy. Oh, maybe one we'll have to go back and revisit at some point in time. I mean, it's a great show, man. Uh, I think I watched it in two sittings. 
Yeah. <laughs> you gotta fuck it up. Nicholas Cage supposed to be playing Joe Exotic in a movie. Dude, but do you need a movie? No. There's nothing that a, a, a movie can do that show that, although there's like two different podcasts that I might listen to one of these days and might give us some more details about the storyline, but in terms of movies, I only need one because I've heard that fucking Kate, Kate, I'm a kid from SNL's going to play him too. Yeah, it's dumb. Yeah. There, it's going to be like uh, back in, in the early 90s. Do you remember like the, the competing Joey for the. Joey, Joey Butterfuco movies on, on TV. I had like one on ABC. I had one on like fucking Fox or some shit. Or when you had fucking Volcano and Deep Impact. <laughs> yeah. Or not Deep Impact. It was like something like that. It was like you had two shark movies out at the same time. Uh-huh. You had two Volcano movies coming out. You had two Asteroid movies coming out at the same time. Yeah. Um. All right. Moving on. Yep. All right. I will stick with your documentary format TV show. Okay. Um. My next pick for best show of 2020 is McBillions. Mmm. I heard about that show. Okay. Uh, basically a documentary series about the controversy of the Monopoly game from McDonald's. Uh, basically how it was kind of run by the ma- mafia uh, slightly and basically all of, it, all of fix. And basically there was this one guy who was kind of stealing the pieces, um, that need, the winning pieces, and selling them off to certain people, uh, and a lot of legal troubles that came along with it. How how did the large corporation McDonald's allow their game that was on their products to be run by the a mafia? How is that well, possible? Because there was another company that would distribute the um boxes of boxes and cups and the pieces that go yeah, on to it. So he was able to get them and then would sell them off. This one guy. Let me look to see. So, like, was it ran by the mafia? It was like intercepted by the mafia. Correct. Gotcha. Okay. And this was was on HBO, right? Yes. And Mark Wahlberg was producer. Um, someone famous uh, was kind of behind it, right? I thought it was. Let me look. Yeah, because I. I had meant to watch that. Like, I, I think I said somebody's fucking HBO code. And, like, shit, like, if it's a documentary, for, for, for whatever reason, I can watch a documentary, but I can't watch. Yes, Mark Baldwin was executive. Okay. It, it, it's hard for me to watch things. So, and, it, and like, they haven't had, like, the McDonald's shit in, in, a, in a while, have they? Mm-mm. I don't know if they can do it anymore. Hmm. But. It was a great one. It was six episodes long. I feel it was maybe two episodes too long. It probably would have been better as a long as a long doc, as a long document as a long documentary film. You're saying? I'm thinking four episodes might have been good. Gotcha. Maybe five. I think there was one. It was like the first, the first two episodes. Like you're just entranced in. Like it's mm. great. Um. But yeah. I actually forgot about that, but that is actually interesting. That's something I might try to watch if I can figure out. I know I have someone's. Is that on Max too, or is this some regular? Uh, HBO Max. As a matter of fact, is that the only thing they have out now? Is only Max, or do they have like the other ones? Like they, they got rid of now. They, they got rid Go. of HBO Go. What was the difference between Go and Now? Um. 
I mean, one was tied to cable, right? No, no. One of them was. One of them was if you had HBO. One of them was if you didn't have HBO. But they charge you for both of them, right? No, no, no. The one of them. One of them was included if included you had HBO. HBO. Yes, yes, that's what it was. Like I think HBO Go was uh, included if you had yeah, HBO. That makes sense by the name Go, yo. And then HBO Now was if you. If you want your HBO Now. Nah. <laughs> and I want HBO Now. Yeah, yeah, like I might fuck with that actually. Um, okay, so my next TV show of 2020 was probably gonna be on your list, but The Boys season two. So The Boys season two, although in retrospect it wasn't as good as The Boys season one, because The Boys season one had better subplots. But the main plot of season two of The Boys was actually amazing, probably better than the main plot of The Boys season one. I would say. Well, I think that Boys Season 1 just took everyone by storm. No one True. expected it. So, I think that's where you really kind of seen it um, come out, just come out of nowhere. But, you know, um, it did elevate certain things. There are certain subplots. I the Scientology the, shit was so boring. In the Deeps uh, storyline. Yeah, like, that's Scientology. Oh, yeah. You want a fresco? And that went nowhere. That went no. I I, I thought that like the fresca had something in it, but it, it went nowhere. Yeah, I got a fresca at my house right now. <laughs> yeah, his storyline was trash in it. The uh, speedster storyline was also trash because then it looped in with like the deep week story subplot. No, I liked uh, um, what's the chick's name? Starlight. Yeah. Yes. Starlight's pretty fucking hot. She is, but she's built like a boy. She got some titties, though, when she got that That's, costume on. Yeah, because this is like a push-up bride. Like, it's yeah, well, it looks good. <laughs> yeah, but her and Huey are probably the cutest couple ever. Because, like, they're like a, a very non-descript couple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like fucking Danny DeVito and a Fabrita Perlman. <laughs> it's me or it's nobody. Now, I will say, like, it... What I thought the season was going to be about from, like, the tr- original trailer was not what it ended up True. being. They made it sound like they were, like, going to be hunting down, uh, Huey and, uh... The boys. Yeah. The whole season. Like, it was, like, this manhunt going around. And it wasn't really at all. No. Season two was about that fucking Nazi and finding out about Compound H, Compound Dope. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they started talking... I mean, they were filming the... The Sevens movie, mm-hmm. uh, the whole time, which was kind of I like. I thought that storyline could have been kind of wrapped up in an episode or two. I agree, but the meta commentary about superhero movies was good. Yes. Now, what I liked about it too, I liked. Uh, God, what was the German chick's name? Man, yeah, I can't think what her name was, but I loved her character at first. Then I realized she was a fucking racist Nazi. I was, I was hurt because. <laughs> She was become my favorite character. No, I liked her a lot, and then but I also liked her from. Uh, she was on one of my favorite TV shows, You're the Worst. Mm. Um, but I liked the episode where Carl Urban meets up with his wife. The first time. Yeah, uh, when she's going to run away with him, uh-huh. and basically because this whole time you're sitting there thinking like these two are going to get back together, like this is going to kind of be, and they wrap that up in like one episode. Now the, the mom didn't die, right? The wife she ended up wanting to. She died. Did she? And then, like, the kid was alive, and then, like, 
she wanted him to take the kid and we think that he's going to be a good person and raise the kid. Like, no, nope, let's get a kid, kid to the government because he's still butchery. Because he, he's not a good guy. Yeah. But she died at the end. Yes. But that, so yes, the first time when they meet up, like in the episode, second episode or something, third episode or something like that, and you're like, holy shit, like, they want it. She doesn't want anything to do with them. She wants to be with the kid, so. Yeah. That was good, but now, although The Boys Season 2 was still on my top three, I did have a big problem about it. They The bait and switch they did from the last episode of Season 1, because in, in the last scene, she sees uh, the Superman dude, and she smiles. And then she sees her husband, and she looks sad. And so it makes you think that he had her off on an island so he could fuck her, and, and they were a happy family. So I've, And it would have been cool to me if she left her husband for the superhero dude. Nope, she still loved him. And although they did show that he he wrecked the fuck out of her in, in the first season, but I thought maybe afterwards he fell in love with him. Because there was some weird shit with him, though. I mean, they fucking he, he gets weirder by the season. He, he he's the best character. He's the best villain on TV. I think. Right yeah, now. he's jerking off at the end. Is that the last scene I think of the show? That was, yeah, that was so weird. And he's suckling at the teeth. <laughs> that was so weird in the first season. He he was obsessed with it. <laughs> He's the creepiest motherfucker. And then they had that fucking shapeshifter. Uh... Oh man, it has it is shows the comic book shows superhero shit like like the DC Marvel shit does not have to be for kids. This is a show that's not for kids at all. I think you have to be thirty five to even watch the show. You should have to be because it's not for even people. But Amazon's know. doing it right because you got yes. Invincible coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, I'm hoping. And they're beating Netflix. To the punch, because Netflix got mad because Marvel left, and they were planning on doing like a lot of shows about superheroes too. But they, this has been years, and we haven't seen any of like the Mark Miller shows. I know that's what. Yeah, was it three years ago they fucking make this release? Three years yeah. ago, not one, not not a one. not a movie. The only thing that's coming out this Mark Miller is fucking another Kingsman movie. Yep, but they that has put out nothing some... to do with that deal. The... Supposedly Jupiter's ascending. I think yeah, it's done. They like... shows some uh, screenshots from it. That that I put on our group chat and like they put out the cast and like the cast is pretty good but yeah but Netflix is behind the ball because fucking Amazon came up out of nowhere and, and put out one of the best superhero shows ever and then and then they're gonna follow up with like with like hopefully like a really good uh cartoon about superhero and, and then it had the tick too which I didn't it was, which was decent but I didn't like it that much yeah I never watched it but it wasn't kid shit but I keep wanting to find the tick cartoon. Yeah. That's all I want to go back and fuck with. As a kid, the tick was too over my head. Because if I advertise like it's going to be like fucking a Spider-Man or X-Men, but it's not. It was on Fox Saturday mornings with it was Spider-Man. on Fox Hits, right. That should have been on primetime like with The Simpsons, I feel like. Yes. Because not a kid show. Um, but yeah, so was the boys, boys also on your list? It wasn't because I knew you'd probably have it, so I talk about it. So I was trying to come up with a couple, some different ones. Gotcha. Um, so my last one uh, was a show that had a new season this year. It didn't start this year, but I just discovered it. Uh, third season just came out, I want to say in December. And I watched all three seasons in the span of a week. <laughs> um, but Cobra Kai. Okay. Uh, it was originated as YouTube, uh, YouTube and then got canceled. Netflix bought the rights. But Oh, okay. That's how it happened? Yep. 
It is such a corny fucking show, but it is so entertaining. I mean, if you grew up, you ever watched The Karate Kid, if you like The Karate Kid, uh, original movie's not that Will Smith one, even though he's an executive producer on the show. Probably the name only. Yeah, just by default. Yep. Um, because he, he probably owns it, or, or like owns a piece of it now. Yeah. Um, it's a Hillary Swank one in continuity? So not... It, in the movies, yes, they haven't introduced anything from the Hillary Swank ones yet, but they're saying, I mean, they've left the door open to uh, any returning character. Now, I will say this, because they said uh, all four of the original ones, Karate Kid 1, 2, 3, and the next Karate Kid are in continuity with this, and they've come out and said the Will Smith Karate Kid, or Jaden Smith one, is not in continuity Uh but they found a loophole for it. They said, in this universe, the Karate Kid movie that would have come out is the Jaden Smith one. So if there's a, mo- a Karate Kid movie that in this, they call it the Miyagi-verse, <laughs> um, that would have been that one. And that's what they would have seen. Okay, yeah, like, th- that's cool. Um, it's crazy how nobody talked about that show when it was free on YouTube, but then when it went to pay Netflix, everybody started talking about it. I thought you had to pay for your YouTube show. No, you're right. It was on YouTube Premium. That's probably why, because nobody's yeah. paying for it. No, it was on YouTube TV. No. YouTube Black, I think, or yes. YouTube Red, or something like that. Yeah. That's why nobody heard about it, because nobody got that. Now, what I like about it, though, is they flip the script and make uh, Daniel Russo, uh, they basically show how, because the entire movie shows basically from um, William Zapka's character uh, mm-hmm. from the Karate Kid 1, his perspective, mm-hmm. and paints Daniel Russo as the villain. That's cool, because I heard, like, back before that show started, that people were had, had a fan theory that maybe he's a bad guy anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's cool. it's cool when they Listen to the fans. But they brought in so many characters, so then they bring in the uh, Cobra Kai sensei, sensei that was with, like the villain. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought back characters from the Karate Kid 2. So they they do a lot of great homaging to the original series of movies um, and continue to do it. Like I said, it's nice. They're quick, like 10-minute, 20-minute episode or 20-minute, 30-minute uh, episodes. Obviously, the newest season that, when Netflix bought it, got a little bit longer. Although I heard that that season was already filmed when Netflix bought it, so they have, Netflix hasn't actually made any new episodes. But uh, you know, waiting for season four now. Which is filming now, right? Uh, it's either filming now or about to start filming. Yeah, um, I I know that Randy was a big fan of uh, like that show when it first came out on YouTube Red. But <clears throat> although that's, I was born in '86, but I'm more I consider myself a '90s kid, and I have watched those movies, but I wasn't really that big of a fan of them. So I, I honestly have no interest in that show whatsoever. So you need some sort of Surf Ninjas, uh, ooh, or uh, TV show Three Ninjas, Three Ninjas. <laughs> now that would be <laughs> that. That's more my speed. <laughs> Surf Ninjas with fucking Hulk Hogan in the last one. Yeah. <laughs> three um, ninjas, three ninjas, knuckle up, three ninjas, yes. kick back. Yep. All right, so my uh, next show is also going to be a new to me with a uh, asterisk. So I did watch the show as a youth, but 
I didn't really understand it, and I couldn't watch it all because I was a kid. I, I couldn't maintain watching the same show every week, especially because it came on at nighttime. It came on either, I think it came on USA, like 7 o'clock. No, 7 o'clock levels Renegade. Uh, maybe a sci-fi channel. But the new ones came on either Fox or, or WGN on Sunday nights at like 11 o'clock or some shit. But that show was Highlander. Ooh. The series. With Duncan McLeod from the Clan McLeod. And it's the first time, so me watching this show now, is the first time that I realized that Duncan McLeod is a cousin of Connor McLeod from the movies. I thought it was a whole new character and like, they weren't like in the same universe, but it's just in the same universe. It's all canon, besides the second Highlander movie, which is not canon anymore. I found out. But as a '90s show, it has basically the basic uh, villain of the week. It's a damn good show. And then on the first episode, I'm not sure if if this is on a broadcast of it, but they show titties. It's like the first scene. Really? Because Duncan and his girl are getting in in the shower, and they showed her. It was like a. a First was like a silhouette of titty, but then they actually showed the titty, bro. Full on titty? Full on titty. Side move. Hmm. Then fucking Duncan, on the Connor, yeah, Connor comes in, Duncan, someone's coming to hunt you. And then like they fucking fight like the, like the first villain. It's a good show, man. Um, And, and they tackle some really crazy shit because uh, the chick who plays Talia Al Ghul is, she is in an episode to where she gets raped by this rich kid. And then, Talia from uh, Arrow? Natalia from Batman Rises. Oh, uh, Rachel Weiss or something like that, I think. No, no, no. That, she would have been a better playing the role, but she also was on Helen Potter. No, not, not Helen Potter Carter. She also was on a, Christian, a different Christian Nolan movie. I, I, I think it was Rachel Weiss. Was, uh, not Rachel Weiss. Look it up. Yeah. But she, she got raped oh, by. Oh, Mar- Miranda Colt. Yes, like some weird C last name. Yeah, she was on the show, and uh, she gets raped by this uh rich kid, and then like the rich kid is Duncan's friend's son, so that Duncan gets involved because he fights other immortals, but he also fights other people. Because on the one episode, he he takes his girl to the courthouse, to, like do like a fucking jury duty, and like the courthouse gets uh, held fucking hostage. So him being a Highlander, he comes in. And just saves the day. So he fights some immortals. He fights some non-immortals. And then had an episode with uh, a, a fucking Joey Pagiano from Daredevil in um, The Matrix. And Sopranos. And Sopranos. Who plays a doctor who just kills people on the side. So he tries to kill Duncan, but he can't. Duncan's immortal. It's like, oh, what kind of creature are you? So then Duncan has to fucking find a way to stop this fucking serial killer. I didn't realize that many people were on it. Yes. It's a start. They have fucking Joan Jet playing like a fucking Highlander. They have fucking. Yes. Which and, and the crazy part about it, I hope that they explain it. I, I, I put this up online. I still can't find. I, I still can't get any actual confirmation on it. Where the fuck did the source come from? Because there's a reach behind. They'll be shirtless and wearing fucking biker shorts. Reach behind them and pull the sword out. <laughs> it come out her asshole. Now, are you watching the Highlander movies as well, or no? Because the Highlander movies are trash. But people seem seem like fucking. Connor McCloud better, so that's like a upgrading from uh, fucking uh, uh, Mortal Kombat. But th- that movie is trash. The show is way better. Um, also, like they have a character called Richie, who is basically like his Robin in, in the first season. But then eventually, you find out that he's also uh, 
immortal. Then by the end of the series, because I haven't got to yet, but if I remember correctly, him and fucking Connor, I mean him and Duck can get into it. Okay. And every episode, like the movies, has has like a old, has a back in day storyline and, and a present storyline. Huh. The crazy part about it though, they said that when you kill an immortal, you take all their power and all of their memories. But Duncan, in 26 episodes in season one, he killed probably 30 different immortals. But he's not any more powerful. And like he doesn't know anything else. So like they don't really follow all of the continuity. So how many uh, seasons are you through right now? I'm on the middle of the second season now. And there's six of them, I believe. And then like there's a spinoff show called Highlander The Raven, which I'm probably going to watch. But like this is back in the 90s when they had long ass seasons. Yeah, so I was just looking up 22 episodes. Uh, the first three seasons are long. I think the last three are shortened a little bit. Yeah, because that's when they probably moved to different networks and shit. Because in the first season, you, they said they were in America, but you can tell the shit was either Canada or France. And then in the second half of the season, they moved to France for a while so they could stop lying to us. Then in the second season, they uh, fucking uh, come back to America. And I think I'm about to watch like, when his girlfriend dies. Because when I was watching as a kid... His girlfriend had been dead, but this one, he's a happily, his girlfriend's immortal, and she knows that she's going to die one day, but she wants to be with him anyway, so that's a pretty cool um, dynamic of the show. But he kills somebody every episode, and and I feel like he's going to be like the last one, because he's killing all these fucking immortals. Huh. And if this show would have been made currently, I feel like he would have had a season-long arc to where he's trying to find this immortal, and then, and then like, he fights him a couple times without killing him. But on, on, on this series, every episode, well, every other episode, he finds an immortal who tries to kill him and he kills him. But if it was modern storytelling, that would, like, kind of stretch that out, because it's weird that he's killing all these fucking people back to back to back. He's going to be the only one in no time. Interesting. I just uh, went and restarted Lost and watching that from the get-go. Now, I've seen it before, so I can't put it mm-hmm. on there, because um, it's not even new to me, but... um just to see how much I can remember from it. Is it holding up? Oh, yeah. Phenomenal show. In yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Um. And Adrian Paul, his acting gets better as time goes on. Because in season one, he's not that good of an actor. No. And uh, I feel sorry for Adrian Paul. Because what he was doing before the world ended, he was taking his skills as a swordsman and taking them to comic book conventions and having different things where, where he'll go to a college and he'll teach you a sword fighting scene. So, like, you have, like, maybe 30 people and, and like, get a group of two and, like, he, he'll teach you a fight scene and then, like, he'll record the fight scene and then, like, and then, like, and then, like get a sword as well. And that's something that, that, that I would probably do. Hmm. Because it sounds pretty cool, but that probably can't be happening now like during, like, the pandemic era. Yeah. And then, um, wasn't he in Arrow? Um... As a villain, I believe. I think on the season that after I stopped, after the after like after the uh, Damian Dark shit, I have to go back and rewatch or look it up. I'll see if the if name rings any bells. But and from what I've seen, Adrian Paul is like really cool dude. Also, one of the best theme songs of all fucking time. Highlander? Yes. I am immortal. I have encyclopedia kings. My queen. I have no rival. Dude, it's 61. Did that look 61? Yes, he was on Arrow. They probably digging frost or some shit? Uh, 
He was on the last season. Oh, the last season? No, second to last. For three episodes. Oh, so Playing was... someone named Dante. I don't recall him. He's in a lot of movies. It looks like they went straight to uh, fucking DVD back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And they also made like an Islander movie that he produced in, in 2007, but apparently it did not turn out the way that he wanted it to. But when people think Highlander, they always think uh, Christopher Lambert. But I think of Adrian Paul, the Highlander. But yeah, I don't know where the fuck the sword's coming from. And it's infuriating. <laughs> We're in a tank top. No fucking sword sheath. This is to pull the sword out. Whoosh. And then and I looked up online and I can't find anything that, that actually explains it. All right. Uh, what's your next show? That's it for oh, TV shows for me. Yep, that's it. Yeah, Alright, so our final category, motion pictures. Obviously, Which I thought this was going to be the toughest one. I actually ended up at five and six movies. It's was, it was sort of tough for me. Um, now, that might be default because there's only about six movies I've seen. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to... I want to take one out because I think you said it's on your list. Okay. Um, so I'll talk to that one. Alright, I'm going to pick my first one. This might actually be the only theat. This is the only theatrical movie of 2020 that's on my list. I didn't see it in theaters, but my only th- one that I know that was in theaters. Okay. Uh, the Invincible Man. Mm. I still want to see that. Great movie. Uh, great setup. Great way that they portrayed how it happened without making it sound really kind of hokey. Um. You know, not like it's believable, but, you know, it's not someone that just turns invisible. He has, like, a suit that turns himself, like, and through science, like, like electronics. Like, like, like the Kevin Bacon one, Halloween? I like that movie, too, but that was, uh, that was, like, a serum that he took that, uh, Yeah, it was, yeah. Turned him. This is, like, an electronic suit that does something with light, distorts light and stuff that turns him, the uh, user invisible. Um, it brought our girl, uh, from Mad Men. Yeah, Peggy. Peggy, I want to say Peggy Carter, but it's not Peggy, Peggy, Peggy Olsen, um, into it, which I'm not sold on the fact that she's a great actress, but uh, she did a good job in that movie. She's a great Scientologist, though. Is she? Mm-hmm. I have this feeling you do not care for Scientologists. I mean, have you seen like the, the documentary series about Scientology? Never have. They do some crazy shit, bro. Um... You know, this was kind of supposed to be one. I, I don't know if it was, uh, it's hard to tell if it was intended to be part of, like, that MonsterVerse of movies, like the Mummy and shit like that. It doesn't seem like, because it seems like it's played, I, even though I haven't seen it, but from what I've seen and heard, I, I guess it's played very straight. It is. So. They do set it up for a sequel. Okay. Don't know if there'll be one. Um, but. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I like my kind of <laughs> horror movies. This had a good horror type feel to it, without being overly yeah. horror. Um, not like a Blumhouse. No, I like a lot of those Blumhouse ones. But like they're kind of, they're kind of B movie esque. Yeah, good B movie. But that's why I like them. They, uh, right. they did those uh, Happy Death Day movies, which mm-hmm. I like. Uh, I think they did uh, Ready or Not. That was actually a really good movie. Is that like the trip for their one? No, that one was called Triple Dare, I believe. Yeah, no, they did Ready or Not, where it was this uh, guy and girl get married. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, on their wedding day, like, they play this game, and the family goes hunt, like, she has to hide and seek. Yes. Uh, 
and then she has to hide in the house, and she needs to survive through midnight, and it ends up being like some sort of satanic cult thing. That one didn't like it was going to be good, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but I wanted to watch that movie, but I can't find it anywhere for cheap. I think it's on HBO Max. Is so we, just get, HBO Max. we just need to get you to log into <laughs> some, someone's HBO Max. Yeah. Because, yeah, that, that did look really good, and, and like, it had a good console, because... Uh, it, but it's crazy because they had an idea for the uh, for that film, but I think that's what Johnny Depp was going to play, right? Mm, I don't remember. Because like, they had everyone cast. They, they had all of those fucking monsters. Remember they had that photoshopped fucking... Uh, Terrible photoshop? <laughs> yeah. Um, which a good cast of people, Russell Crowe, which although fucking 2020 was not the year of uh, Johnny Depp. No. Kind of fell from grace a little yep. bit because his wife lied. His ex-wife lied on him. I'm glad that <clears throat> I'm glad that he's becoming exonerated for all that because he found all his wife shit on his bed. Yeah, oh, he lost a lot of work. He, he got fired from the Harry Potter movie. Because uh, yeah, let's not get into that political shit. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go fucking tangent about it. But yeah, um. I didn't want to see that movie, and it didn't look interesting because it flipped that premise. Because that premise has been done I, by name, I think, three different times. Because one was about racism back in the day. Uh, another was about more of a monster movie type shit. And then, like, there's this one. What one was the one on racism? There's two books, bro. Because back, back when I worked at the bookstore, uh, there's two books with the same name. And one was about racism because, like, had, like, a... Invisible Man? Mm-hmm. I just took it as one of the the Universal Monsters. Now, Hollow Man was essentially just a, another remake of the Invisible Man. Yeah, but I mean, like, by name, though. Invisible, Invisible. Man. Invisible Man book. H.G. E. Wells wrote one. Yeah, see. H.G. Wells wrote, like, the more sci-fi one that, like, the monster movies are, are, are based off of. Then, like, Ralph Ellison wrote the one that's about racism. Hmm. And, and they're both old as fuck. I'm not sure which, which one came out first, but, like, they're both old as fuck. Because me, because back in work at the bookstore, that's how I found it out. <clears throat> okay. Um, okay. So, my first movie is going to be... This one was very tough for me, but the first one I'll do is going to be... Actually, I'm taking that one out. Okay. So, first one's going to be Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. No. Birds of Prey, colon, Harley Quinn. The Emancipation. Of, of, of one Harley Quinn. The oh. fantabulous Emancipation yes. of one Birds Harley of Quinn. Prey, colon, the fantabulous Emancipation of one Harley Quinn. People hated that title because like, the, the, the public hates those long titles, but I love that title. Yeah, very unique title, and then I think a lot of, uh, I think some, some theaters change it to Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. And no, yes, but then they officially changed the title to that. It ain't on the fucking box of the DVD. It ain't? Nope. But uh, yeah, uh, it, it was a good movie. It felt like kind of like a B movie, but in a good way. Because mm-hmm. it was this outrageous, over top, it was basically like a female Deadpool. Although, like, the Birds of Prey weren't done correctly. And it really is just a Harley Quinn movie, but I guess I got a phrase that's called Harley Quinn. Because uh, 
Yeah, I don't really. Yeah, that's what I didn't realize. It what? It, it was very entertaining. It was funny when it needed to be funny. It was action when it needed to be action. Uh, <clears throat> it might have not been the version of Black Mask I would have done. Correct. Or uh, Victor Zaz, because he's never been done correctly. No. His close was on Gotham, I guess. Although, I feel that the Victor Zaz they do is the, the Victor Zaz of comics now, which ain't my Victor really? Zaz. My Victor Zaz is the Alan Grant, Norm Bray yep. Vogel, uh, Weird Eyes Victor Zaz, just yep. completely, almost satanic type thing, yep. like, just kill you for, like, almost as sadistic as Joker. Mm-hmm. No rhyme or reason. He kills to put a notch on his. Uh, How about that tally mark? Yeah. Um. But like, it always it almost seems like a lot of times Victor says is like a skinhead in, like comics now. And when it did it uh, with the Cliff Chain was drawing it, uh, and I think it was in Batman Gotham Knights. That's when they first really leaned into him being like a skinhead type shit, like yeah. Hitler paraphernalia and shit, like the combat boots. That my Victor says. No. And I don't mind that Victor Zags either, but like in Batman, uh, in the Dark, what's Person Clark? In Batman Begins, that's not my. I, I didn't. I didn't even know that was Victor Zags until I got like ten years later. They called it by name, and I think uh, they put Victor Zags in Gotham. Yep. Um. Same yeah. year that that same guy played a villain in the Flash. I, I forget who who played in the Flash, but he's just a weird looking dude. And then what's he going to be in now? Or something else? Oh, he's going to be in uh, Batwoman yeah. this year. The actor or Victor Zaz? No, Victor Zaz is going to be in Gotham. Or not Gotham, uh, Batwoman. Batwoman, which is not going to make it through a whole season, I don't think. I will, but it ain't good. Batwoman wasn't good last season, though, either. Yeah, because Ruby Ryan's a terrible actress. Anyway, <coughs> but yeah, um, it was a good campy, fun, felt like a 90s a 90s superhero movie before superheroes became popular that would come on TNT. But this right. Like. Yeah. It was good to have a different, just a different feel for like the DC universe, which, yes. you know, was kind of what the Marvel movies were doing. I don't think it deserved the hate that it got. Or Did it really get hate or just not do well? It didn't get hate. It, it just didn't do that well. It, it didn't do as well as it wanted it to. But it was also at the fucking, right the, yep. the beginning of the pandemic too yep. so and I, um Harley Quinn I feel like she did the same thing that Hugh Jackman did as for Wolverine lean to like lean into the accent a little bit too heavy and that that was probably like my biggest problem with it cause uh I didn't like her fucking yellow jumpsuit costume I feel like she made an edict on this one for her not to be hot yes cause they made her not hot at all well, she was kind of hot, but she wasn't wearing her, like, skimpy outfit costume. I've like never didn't. seen her be unattractive before besides this movie. She was unattractive. Really? Yeah. I, I, I was not I was not digging. But this entire movie was an unattractive movie. It, it was gritty. It was a dirty movie. Everybody in the movie looked like they needed to bathe. Everybody. Yeah. I mean, um, who played Huntress? What was her name? Uh, you know that chick. I, 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 I've never seen it before, but I didn't like yeah. it. Yeah. See, she's usually pretty hot to me, but she was not hot in that movie. They gave her autism or some shit. She was at, like, fucking Asperger's, didn't she? Um, Journey Smollett, I yeah. think, is usually pretty good looking. I don't think she was that good looking in that, this one. That ain't my black canary. So. 
it was it, it, it still is 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 one of my favorite movies, but it, it feels like like I said, like one of the nineties superhero movies when they felt afraid to have them be like the characters in the comic book. Correct. Yeah, it was they weren't comic accurate versions of the characters. Yeah. Now I thought the look for uh, Black Mask was good. when he finally put on the fucking skull. Yeah, but he was a little too flamey for. Yeah. Now that shows that shows what a good actor Hugh McGregor is. Because he put off that character good. And again, I'm not sure if, if that was a choice that he made on set or if, that, if that's how the character was actually written. Well, it made you think at one point in time uh, Black Mask and Zaz were... I think that was on purpose. A couple of us. I, I think that that was true and, that, and that, that's what it wanted us to think. And they've yet to ever really show Zaz like actually mark himself. Exactly. <laughs> I think he kind of did in this one, didn't he? Did he? I think he kind of did, but his whole... This felt like it was like set in the 80s a little bit, didn't it? Like, their fashion everything, how they dressed, like how it was kind of grunge, rock, punk rock scene. A little bit. And, but the worst... Now, again, this is one of my favorite movies, but the worst character characterization of the whole movie, I think we both agree, was Cassandra Kane. Yes. Damn, my Cassandra Kane. The only thing they got it's right... chubby Asian girl. The, Oh, she Asian. That she, she, that's the only thing they got right because she is at least part Asian in, in the books. That's all. And she, she from being mute, talking up a storm. Yeah, shoving shit up <laughs> their butt or whatever, or swallowing the diamonds or. Yeah, that movie kind of reminded me, aesthetically, of the live action Double Dragon movie. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it, bro, because. Uh, Brian Patrick as like that villain was kind of looked like fucking uh, Zaz. Yeah. And then like uh, Alyssa Milano looked like all like the chicks from the Birds of Prey. So it was a good movie. Uh, like I said, it it felt like it, it could have fit in with the like DC uh movies, but then again, it could have been its own thing. It could have been better too, but it, but of the slim pickings, I it, it was at a bloodshot. <laughs> oh, gonna make it side my list. All like, ah, bloodshot was not good. <laughs> so it was that or Her- Birds of Prey, Colin, Harley Quinn's Fantabulous, whatever the fuck. All right, uh, who is your next one? All right, my next one is a movie that premiered on Hulu. I think over the summer, Palm Springs had um, Andy Samberg mm-hmm. in it, mm-hmm. and God, who's the chick in it? Um, yeah. She's like a popular uh, comedian. I gotta look it up because I can't. Yep. Did you know that J.K. Simmons, Kristen Mol- uh the the mom from How I Met Your Mother? Yes. Sorry, you were gonna say. Did you know that J.K. Simmons reprises his role from his Oscar winning film in that movie? The Drumline movie. Mm-hmm. Is that the same character, or just he's a dick in it? Apparently, like. There's a scene in some kind of alternate world. Cause I, I haven't seen the movie, but there's some, some, some kind of scene where like he's kind of whipping, fucking uh, Andy Samberg, and like like it's a, it's a dark room and it has like, a green background, and he has on the t-shirt, and then like it's like or on a name tag has the same last name as a character character from that movie. Really? It, like a little. I never watched it. It wasn't Drumline, but I can't remember what the. I know what movie you're talking about with uh, Mr. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, people love back in, like 2016. When it came out, um, what was that called? Whiplash. Whiplash. Yes, yes, yes. 
But so that movie is essentially about parallel worlds or some shit, right? Or like yes. Groundhog's Day or some shit. Yep. Uh, kind of like Groundhog's Day, basically. Uh, he's dating Andy Samberg's dating this chick. Chick. She's at. They're at a wedding. Um, and he goes into this cave, but ends up reliving the same day over and over again. And the interesting thing is, you think like he's relived it maybe a month or something, mm-hmm. but you find out it's been years upon years upon years upon years that he's done it. And then this other chick ends up going and, like, following him into it. So he starts sleeping with all these different people and everything, because he can, I mean, every day he kills himself or he uh, tries to get out of this time loop that he's in. Um, so the interesting thing is, we're like in Groundhog Day, you're seeing Bill Murray start the time loop for himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the girl that starts the time loop. And then you find out... So it's the oh. movie's from Andy Samberg's perspective, but you find out the girl starts the time loop, and then she finds out that... Because she starts to experience it every day with Andy Samberg, that he, he's been he, literally he, doing this... It could have been like 100 years he's been doing this. Because he doesn't age. Gotcha. But he doesn't age, but this time loop, though? Because not like in like the Victorian age, right? What do you mean? So, well, I don't know how long. So, I mean, obvious. It could take. This might be taking place in the future, or something like that, too. Um, essentially, but like, it, say it's in the seven, it's in the nineties or now. But um, it's just that essentially, it's a modern day setting. But he's been reliving the same day for. Yeah, because yeah. But, okay, so, how does a girl get stuck in a time loop? She ends up going into this tunnel that oh, traps her into gotcha, it. Gotcha, gotcha. Because unlike... And then J.K. Simmons' character is relives it, too. And, like, he's pissed, so he ends up going and hunting Andy Samberg because he blames him for uh, being stuck, stuck in that. Shit. So, it's unlike Happy Death Day and Groundhog Day to where... They don't tell you how long it's been and, and how it happened. So, in this movie, we find out it's all because of this tunnel, right? Correct. Because in Happy Death Day 2, do we find out what happened and why she got stuck in the time loop? Uh, Happy Death Day yeah, 2. Yeah, it ends up having some science shit to do with it. Because mm. uh, friend of the show, Scott Lopez, said he did not write that one. Correct. Which I like both of them. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be a trilogy. Mm-hmm. We'll eventually do the third one. Um,. Which I'm waiting for still, but uh, I don't recall. I'd have to watch the second one again. I've mm-hmm. seen the first one a few times. So I only watched the second one once. I have to admit, um, those kind of movies kind of give me anxiety. I'm like, okay, something else, something new needs to happen, but then the same day over and over again, like it kind of fucks with me a little bit. Although Happy Death Day was good, I hated Groundhog Day as a kid. I haven't tried to watch it as an adult, but as a kid, I'm like, okay, I saw this already. Yeah, I need to go back and watch, rewatch uh, Groundhog Day at some point in time. Would you, as an adult, would you rather uh, rewatch Groundhog Day or Scrooge? Ooh. Probably Groundhog Day. I'd probably say Scrooge. Although, I'm not a Bill Murray fan. I. I I know, especially the last 10 years, people start loving it again because like, of the Chive. Remember when the Chive was mm-hmm. a thing? 
but I've never been like Bill Murray. Fan. I like him. I can't think of anything I love him in, or even really like him in. Ghostbusters. I like the Ghostbusters cartoon, but like the movies, the real Ghostbusters. Yep. Not the one with, like with the talking dog. Um. What about Bob? I don't think I've ever seen that. One. I think I liked him. I think I liked him in Caddyshack. That's about it. Okay. Uh, next for my movie is going to be. Uh, an animated film that was never in theaters, but uh, it was definitely probably one of the best movies that I've seen last year, and I think I talked about it on the YouTube channel, so you want to watch it there, but that's going to be Justice League Dark Colon The Apocalypse War. Now, I will say this. It is nothing like The Apocalypse War from the comic books. Correct. Is, is that only in name? Are you thinking Dark Side War? Yes, but that's what it was based off of. Kind I think of, right? so. But I'm, I'm glad that they changed the, the, the title because, yeah, because I, I, I thought it was based off Dark Side War, and maybe it wasn't. I'd like it better if it wasn't because the Dark Side War was actually the best Justice League story I've ever personally read. I think that was, uh, I won't say Jeff Johns at his. It's at the top modern of his Jeff Johns at his, at his yes. best. Not overall, the, modern last 10 years or so. And some of the best Fabric, too. Yes, because now Fabric is a little bit too something. He, he, he tries too hard now, I think. He's too detailed. How about the omnibus for that? I want to go back and reread it. What, the Dark, Dark Side War? Because, like, the Dark Side War had, had Grail in it, and then it had Baby Dark Side in it. But, yeah, anyway, so this movie was essentially the, the combination. This was, like I told you before, um, before we got on the mic. It is essentially the end game of the DC animated universe that started with, with uh, Flashpoint. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because it's funny because Flashpoint Paradox is actually the only one that uses a different anime or animation yeah. style. Yep. Until the very end when they bring it in, which is actually cool. Yes. Of how they do that, and I'm trying to remember, and I can't remember at the end of Apocalypse War, do they change the animation style nope. at the very nope. end? It's the same. Because I thought they changed the voice actors. Nope, this is saying is uh Jerry O'Connell is Superman. It's um fucking even at the very tail end of it. I thought like that at the very end. That's where they changed. I may not have noticed it. It's possible. It's possible. But I could be wrong. But I thought they did just to kind of show that they had uh, rewritten history. But they didn't really do anything after like the rewrite of history though. They just went none. I can't remember honestly. But um, it, it is funny that it starts off as a Flash storyline, then Apocalypse War has Flash barely in it, and at the very end, oh, I was about to go back in time huh, and change some shit. Remember when you fucked this up? <laughs> but yeah, so it, it, it essentially has the same kind of um, pacing as Endgame to where something happens and the world gets fucked up. And it was good that the first part of the movie, um, like in Endgame, basically has a scene like where they fucking uh, go to war and lose, then it has a Flash forward. It's like a two-hour cartoon, too, wasn't it? It was, it was the longest one I've seen in a long time. Because typically, like, they're like a little over an hour. This one was like a full-length feature. And then it had tons of action. It showed you uh, Superman wasn't, like, the main character. Really, it was truly uh, just really dark because I'm like Constantine because they love Constantine for some reason. And Constantine has never been a character, really. Yeah, Constantine and Swamp Thing in the last couple of years are getting a big comeback. Yeah. But Swamp Thing I like, but Constantine or... Or Constantine, never really been my couple. Yeah, but uh, yeah, um, it all it, it, and it does have tendrils of all of the previous DC universe 
movies since Justice League War to where all of the Teen Titans movies that have already happened in this, all of the Batman movies have happened because you have like the storyline between uh, Damian Wayne, Robin, Batman and Son, and Robin. Yep, yep. They, they're all canon. Now, besides, was Hush part of that too? Because mm-hmm. I haven't seen all of those. Because honestly, those the James Tucker. DC Universe movies are my least favorite because I don't really want a continuity in my animated movies. So, I haven't seen all of them because I, I didn't watch... I'm trying to look it up to see. There's at least 15 of them. Like, there, there, there's quite a few. Um, I, I didn't watch the Judas Contract, but I kind of want to go back and watch that now. I didn't watch uh, Hush. I didn't watch... Those might be the two that I missed because... Because back in the day, when they first started doing these movies, I would, I would get every single one the first day they came out. Mm-hmm. Because uh, they, they have consistently been the best DC stories ever, in my opinion. Um, but this one kind of goes back to form, because it's, it's action-packed, it's a good storyline, it's something different that we haven't seen before. And if it is adapted from the Dark Side War, um, it is a very loose adaptation. Um, it shows how badass Dark Side is and how much of a threat Dark Side can be. And it showed how the heroes can prevail. The only thing about it was they, like I said, they, they kind of played the Flash. The Flash is, is, is should have been a focal point, but he just came in at the very end. Oh, okay, I run back in time and fix shit. It was a sixteen movie epic. Okay, yep. Which is weird too, because they actually came out with that one without really saying like, "Oh, we're ending this movie universe too." And it sure. came kind of a surprise. Mm-hmm. So it started with Justice League: The Flashpoint Paradox. Yep. Then Justice, Justice League War, War, The Son of Batman. Justice League Throne of Atlantis, uh-huh. Batman vs. Robin, uh-huh. Batman Bad Blood, Justice League vs. the <laughs> um, Justice League versus Teen Titan. Titans. It's terrible. Uh, Justice League Dark, Teen Pretty Titans, good. The Judas Contract, Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay. That was really good. Um, so actually it would be 17 movies because they did Death of... Oh, wait, no. Death of Superman. Yep. Then Constantine, City of Demons. Bad. Uh, Reign of the Supermen. Pretty good. Batman Hush. Didn't Wonder Woman Bloodlines. Yep. And Justice League Dark Apocalypse which I think Bloodlines, Wonder Woman Bloodlines might be the only one I never watched. Really? How was uh, Hush? Uh, completely different than the movie. Not that good. Or yeah. completely different than the comic book. Yeah, it wasn't the fuck Riddler Hush. Yeah. Is Tommy Elliott even in it? He is. And I think they kill him. Which... I also believe in the new Batman movie coming out uh, in 2022, The Batman. Mm-hmm. I think the Riddler is hushing that. I'm not mad at that. I would because like that, there's been too many things where they've shown uh, some old bandages all over their face. But at the same time, though, like they did in the 90s, they'll take a little aesthetic uh, thing from from the comic books and put the movie making completely different to fit their storyline. True. And, I, and something doesn't doesn't feel right about this Batman movie, so that could be what they're doing. But they have said that this is, is Earth three, and like they're yeah, they said this is its own its own universe. As of right now, it's a standalone movie, nothing else with it. But that's also because the WB is in constant state of flux right now. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. Nope. But yeah, but this movie was a really good, it's probably the best animated movie I've seen in a long time, and it's probably one of the best of all of their movies. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, it was in-game done correctly. Um, Yeah, but that's just about it. And and they also put in a, a very 
not what widely known aspect of John Constantine. What's that? His bisexuality. I feel that's pretty widely known now. Is it? I feel it's gotten more widely known. To like the public or to like just like the comic fans? I don't think the public really knows who John Constantine is. That's though. true. They're trying to have that show they got Because they do the, I think they expand his bisexuality on uh, Legends of oh, do they? Tomorrow. Gotcha. I think in the comics they don't really expand on it because they probably can't. I don't know if they're allowed to or not, unless it's an adult right. title. Because um, now they try to make him sound like how much uh, him and Zatanna are in love with each other. What? I like them as a couple too, though. Yeah. I want to see why, why no, I don't see more of Zatanna in live action. Dude, for years, I thought that, he, that she was created by Paul Dini, but like, she's been around for a while. Sounds like the 60s or something. Yeah. Zatanna and Zatanna. I thought she was cre- yeah, created by the animated universe yeah. or uh, animated series. Because Paul Dini was talking about his wife or his wife at the time. I, I'm not sure if the Samir was a musician, so that's why I thought that he created her, but apparently that's why he wanted to bring her in a cartoon. Yeah, and like her dad, it, her dad is explored a, like a lot more in like the uh, in the amazing Young Justice cartoons. I, I can't wait for next season up on, on HBO Max. Which one? Young Justice. Oh, okay. Have they said what the next season of Young Justice is going to be about? They did, but I forgot. I think it's. Uh, I think. I think like we talked about before we got on the mics, it's going to be very legion of superheroes focus. Because yeah. <laughs> in, in, in the last season, episode, last season three was. Uh... The Outsiders, really, wasn't it? The Outsiders, and then, like, the superhuman trafficking was, like, the... To the young, was it even, is it even really... Is it just Young Justice by title now? Yes. It's not really, I mean, Young Justice, like, what... Well, not really, because you had uh, Blue Beetle, you had Static Shock, they had a team of Young Justice, but the main character from the first season have, like, I like how they anime, actually, they, they've grown they grow. up. Yeah. Because like, now, like, they're probably, like, in their mid-20s. Because it's Robin who eventually becomes Nightwing, right? Yep. And then, like, Tim Drake is on there. Which I like how they do that, because not always, not all animated series you get, I mean, it's not all like Simpsons where it's 40 years in. And yep. In, in American cartoons, you, you rarely see anybody age. Now, I think I think the Davey might have been in season three. Like, uh, so have they had Jason Todd on that? They skipped over Jason Todd. So they went from Dick Grayson to... In, ter- in terms of what we've seen on camera, at least. Tim Drake mm-hmm. to Damien. So I'm pretty sure they brought Damien in. Uh, yeah, I think so too. But well, yeah, so no, one, no other. They've never gotten Tim Drake right in any type of uh, any medium because he's always what, been he's always been Tim Drake and name only. Yeah, that was like Tim Drake and uh, the animated series. He was, was Jason Todd. Yep. Um, and then they bring Jason Todd in to the fucking mm-hmm. comic animated uh and shit. But yeah, he was still he was fucking uh living on the streets is uh and shit. Mm-hmm. Basically, just yeah, they morphed two versions in. Um, but if I remember correctly, Tim Drake is rarely in it because it's really about those kids from the first season growing up. But from what I have seen of Tim Drake in the Young Justice cartoon, they did make him very smart because he, he he's the smartest Robin. Yeah, I always hear, and I know we've talked about this before, but I always I always wonder is how he went from being the most popular Robin to the most forgettable Robin. That happens a lot, man, because there's something else that, that happened in that I can't think of off the top of my head now to where something was really popular like being like this, gave up on it, and act like it never happened. And I get, like, with Kyle Rayner, because he was popular, but, like, you know, I get you brought Hell Jordan back and stuff, but, like, literally, I mean, 
Wally West is probably the best example, though. Yeah. Because he was super popular. More popular than Bear. He was so popular that people started talking about Bear. Oh, Bear is, oh, he's boring. He got that fucking bow tie. He's a bitch. Yeah. And now, Wally. They, Although they just, all they do is they write Wally. What, or they, Bear, Wally, as Bear is smaller. Wally. Yeah. That's all the fuck they did. Cracking jokes and shit like yep. that. I mean, it's Barry with blonde hair. Yep. That, that, that's all the fuck they did. But now, and then they just can't get Wally right. Mm hmm. And him. Well, I think fucking uh, Jeff Johns wanted to, and that's why he brought him back at, in Rebirth. Yep. And then they kind of fu- Tom King actually kind of fucked him up. He was fucked up. Yeah. He could. He should. He should just stay dead, probably. Well, they said he's kind of the anchor of the DC universe until he died, and it, and they brought back Barry. It was cool when he he had a darker costume. It was kind of like costume from the '90s TV show. And then all of the Flash still. It's fine to have a, a family of characters. Besides Batman, no one have a... And, a, and I guess I guess a fucking Green Lantern. There can't be any family characters anymore. It was cool when it had like that big fucking two-page spread of fucking Wally and his kids. Well, they all have families Barry. now. Now you got the Batman family, you got the Superman family, you got the Flash family. Yeah. And like the Bat family is, is a terrible name still. Because that, like, that's their official and, and comic name. Like... I always say like to be like Gotham Knights, but I guess, I guess that's kind of weird too. But the Bat Family, because Batman like should be like a darker. Although the Batman's the New Fifty Two hasn't been as dark and gritty as he was back in like the early two thousands. No, he's kind of a bitch. Batman, he's kind of emotional now. It could be because like he has a kid now, so like he thinks differently. But like a kid who doesn't want anything to do with him, and he's trying so fucking hard. Come on, Dan, come on. I love you, son. <laughs> Which is weird because they keep changing Damien so much. Like, yes. I mean, I still say that Tomasi and Gleason wrote Damien the best. Absolutely. But then the next time that someone writes him, they make him like this broody little teenager again. Mm-hmm. Although he was responsible for getting Alfred killed. I'm surprised that that's still going on. Alfred has been dead longer than he lost his hand and his hand came back. <laughs> <laughs> I never With forget. no explanation. No explanation at all. There's a robot hand? Oh, no. It was that uh, fucking metal that brought Bruce and uh, a Joker back to life. Oh, that brought his hand back to life? Yeah. You know, they didn't really explain a whole lot, but it was like some somehow made up metal. Okay, so I know that we're doing this and we're going like a bit long, but I, I have to bring this up because we skipped comic books already. Uh, but we have to talk about this because we haven't talked about it yet. This goes back to comics, but... Are we done? Wait. We're not done with movies, are we? Are we just... No, we aren't. So, I can... I can uh, so, we're coming back to movies? Yes. Okay. I just going to have a tangent real quick. Uh, Three Jokers is probably the worst comic book of the year. <laughs> it's fucking trash. You said you liked the last issue a lot. I, the more the time goes on, it's fucking trash. Because why, because what was even the point? There was no. There was no fucking point to it. They eventually narrowed it down so that now there is only one Joker. Exactly. And then, at the point of, back when he found out about the three Jokers and Batman, I mean, in the Dark Side War, it insinuated that there had been three Jokers. Not that there were three Jokers simultaneously. Yes. And it makes more sense if there's been three Jokers. That I, I can get with. But if there's three Jokers simultaneously, that is so fucking dumb. Then fucking having Red Hood 
trying to fuck Barbara when she already fucked Dick Grayson? Just have her, like, run for the whole fucking crew? Better than her fucking Bruce Wayne. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, I... The execution for how long that would have been, and, uh... And maybe had it come out a little more timely with... It's like five years ago. Rebirth. You know, same as, uh, Doomsday Clock. Yeah. Eventually got to them Doomsday Clock, you're like, what the fuck... I rem- I distinctly remember when uh, Doomsday Clock was announced. They said this takes place a year in the future of what of what's going on with everything, and that when it was done, they were everything was going to line up because it was a, tw- a year long storyline, and everything was going to line up. Batman had a different costume, mm-hmm. and then it got to, it was so fucking delayed. It got to the end. You're like. So what significance does it have, if and, any? And that didn't make sense even when they said that then, because Firestar wasn't like a Soviet thing. Like the the, the parts of that book didn't even line up to the DC universe at that point, anyway. But Three Jokers came out on time. It came out like that. Well, because they waited till every fucking thing was done. Which, with which is what they should do a lot, in my opinion. But don't I, announce it though, either. Yes. But having war is in continuity was not in the continuity. Then the Joker's having hallucinations at the fucking dinner table. Then fucking Jason Todd kills the Joker. And Batman, like, gives no fucks about it. Batman's so adamant about not killing the Joker for all these years. Jason Todd kills one, and he gives no fucks. Because he can't fucking turn him in. Oh. If, Su- if Superman can give up his secret identity right now, Batman can too. Well, now that supposedly the Joker knows, well, Joker knows that Batman is Bruce Wayne. I feel like he's always known. I think he has too. One of the Jokers, at least. And then, um, but the problem is, I mean, you have all these fucking storylines, Dark Side War, the Rebirth special, uh, mm-hmm. issue one thing, that reference three Jokers, and then to sit there and say, well, three Jokers is going to be lack label. It's up to the reader's interpretation if this takes place in continuity or not. Because they're fucking sucking... Alan Moore's dick so much, because that's the same thing they said initially with um, The Killing Joke. Yes. And then over time, they just, they took Barbara Gordon and fucking paralyzed her ass. Although I I am happy that uh, fucking James Tinian is bringing back uh, Barbara Gordon's Oracle. Is she crippled again? Kind of. So you find out, like, there's, like, this, like, thing that she's had attached to her spine that allows her to be able to walk. Like, it was a surgery, and then she's got, like, this electronic thing that allows her, but if the, it's only got so much time on it before it fucking, uh, quits working. So, like, so like she's Mantis from 1990 Black Superheroes for Mantis? Remember that show? <laughs> yes. I remember the fucking advertisement on the back page of... Oh, every comic book for, like, a year! <laughs> Mantis. Black cover, and he's got that green costume <laughs> just sitting there like... Yep. Because I the same thing he was. He was crippled, but he had his thing, like, his Mantis castle allowed him to walk. Um, but yes, Three Jokers did not live up to the hype. At all. And Fabric art, like, I prefer Fabric personally when he was doing Detective Comics with the Emperor Pangle storyline. That's when he was kind of more stylized. That now, was a trash story. I kind of like... Who's writing that? Uh, the dude who did that book, Chew. Uh, Jonathan Layman. I don't know. Detective was tough to read at that point. It got worse than that, bro. When fucking Princess Manifold took over and, 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 and fucking Bullet was a, a crazy cat lady. And who was? A Bullet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That was bad. Well, they kept trying to... And that's, again, another perfect example of if you're an artist, be an artist. Yep. We can all be Frank Miller because Frank Miller is obviously uh, more of a writer than his artist, to be real. Yeah. Can all be Eric Larson. Todd McFarlane? But Todd McFarlane has probably written more than he's drawn at this point. But I think he does draw because he's lazy. And like you run like a toy company, probably. It's easier to write than draw. Have you seen Todd McFarlane recently? Him, like him? Yeah. Yeah. He was doing a video where he was showing off the new toys. He looks like and sounds like he had a stroke. Well, he, he he's always he's always um had that list. I mean, he looks like he don't have teeth, and it looks like I didn't realize, but he's, he's like, a hillbilly, bro. Yeah, he's a Canadian. He's a Canadian hillbilly. Like he he's not from the good part of Canada, bro. Like he's from like 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 the fucking boonies. I guess I never maybe really paid attention or That's what it was. But yeah, he uh. He sounds. He look. He sounds. Like, he's super he sounds skinny. Sounds like fucking probably what. Uh, yeah, he don't. He looks sickly. Like he does look sickly. But if you saw him when he was younger, he looks the same. Just oh, I think he's fine. But if you hear Rob Liefeld do his impression of Tommy Crawler, it proves it. Like he, he, I don't think he had a stroke. This is how he, he has a lisp. Huh. I'm Tommy Crawler. I'm going through this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, ooh, that don't sound good. Yeah. Uh, that's how he's always sounded. Um. If you ever get time, you and people in like the audience, and then we'll finish up. YouTube him versus Peter David having a um, debate in the early nineties because uh, Peter David in, in his um, in like his article and comic buyers guy was very critical of MX Comics, and so then Todd McFarlane and Eric Larson both had things that said about him in return, so they had a big debate a la Bendis. And Kirkman about the pros and cons of MX Comics and all like corporate comics. So if you see that, you can see him in, in his earliest, youngest, skinniest form. He had the same list. Huh. I'm talking further. We're going to do this, okay? It's going to be cool. And we're going to do this. And this. He's just a weird fucking hillbilly. All right. But his daughter, Cyan, is hot and she's a doctor now. Is she? Yep. Because like, he named the, 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 the daughter of Spawn after his real daughter. Huh. And his wife is named Wanda, like 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 Wanda from Spawn. Yeah, we're soon to get a new Spawn movie too, right? <laughs> <laughs> My screenplay is five hundred and fifty pages, and I'm not gonna stop writing the page, bro. Screenplay is a hundred and twenty pages, bro. Before they make edits, oh. no, we're keeping everything in. I'm talking filing. Okay. All right. So, what's your next movie? All right. Next one's gonna be kind of it's. Two for it. So it was a new to me, but they also had a sequel that came out in 2020. Okay. Or 2020. Uh, it was Netflix, a uh, movie by Mick G, The Babysitter, and then The Babysitter, Killer Queen. I've never heard of this movie before. If you want want to talk about something that seems like a Blumhouse uh, B-movie, like it's like a horror comedy movie. Is that like the Bella Thorne? Uh, yeah. Okay. I have heard um, of it. And Bella Thorne's just a kind of a side character in it. Um, small part. It's got uh, it's got the chick in it that was in that Ready or Not, which you would think is Margot Robbie if you've seen her. Really, I've seen like Blue Leg Margot Robbie. Yeah, um, I've seen her before. Fuck, what is her name? I'm gonna look it up right now. Mm-hmm. She's hot. I will tell you that much. Samara Weaving. I didn't realize 2017 is when the first one came out. Um, supposedly they're supposed to be making a trilogy. So the first one was new to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got uh, Robbie Amell in it. Uh, okay. 
Yeah, well, actually, a lot of hot chicks in the, in the Bella Thorne. Uh, but oh. yeah, Samira Weaving is fucking uh, Margot Wannabe, or Margot uh, Robbie. The poor man Margot Robbie. I don't know. She's pretty hot. I'll show me real quick. I'll find a picture of her. She was in the Bill and Ted movie. movie. Oh, that's not who, who, who I, I thought she talking about. I... She looks younger. It's, uh, you know who she is? She's, um, Agent Smith from the fucking, um, Matrix movies? Mm-hmm. Daughter. In real life? Yeah. Oh, wow. But yeah. Pretty fucking hot. She looks just like her right now. Mm-hmm. I wonder if, if her age is also ambiguous like Margaret Robbie, because, like, people say she's 30, people say she's 26. Yeah, I haven't heard of, of that film series at all. Oh, she was in Ash and the Evil Dead, too. Hmm. I did not know that. I'm surprised that Mick G is getting movies still, because I heard that he was kind of part of that Me Too shit. Oh, I recommend, though, if you get if you get a chance, watch it. It's a horror movie, right? It's like horror comedy. Okay. Again, like a good B movie. Yes. Like what Grindhouse um, uh, wanted to be. Again, yes. Like, yes. So it's about a, it's about a kid who is kind of scared of everything, but he's like in high school and he still has a babysitter. <laughs> but you find out he loves his babysitter. Who wouldn't? If that's your right. babysitter. I mean, right. so why wouldn't you want her over? Mm-hmm. So, um, she comes over, uh, and then you find out she's part of the Satan Satanist cult, <laughs> uh, and they need the blood of a virgin. So that's why she's always been nice to this kid. But they do a really good job at tying that things into the next one, into the sequel, uh, continuing the storyline, and then kind of making her a sympathetic character. Does this take place in the 80s? Nope. Modern day. The only thing I'll say without having seen these this uh, series of film, uh, this, the satanic panic was in the 80s, so it, it would have been perfect to have it set during that time. I mean, it, I, yeah, I guess you kind of assume it is, but modern times, but I mean, it easily could have been mm-hmm. in the 80s, too. Yeah, but I barely heard of those, but yeah, but that's something I could fuck with. Um, <clears throat> now, my last one is also... I do have one more. Okay. Mine to be quick. Well, I think that was my second one. Anyway. No, that was my third one. But I got one more. Here's your third. I have like a... I have one documentary to put out. Um, so this one came out in maybe 2017, but it's also, uh, new to me because it, because I found it on sale, sale, at, uh, on fucking Amazon, but it's the Hitman's Bodyguard. Soon to have a sequel to it. Is it? Nice. Uh, I think the next one's the Hitman's Bodyguard, Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife. Okay, so Sandra Bullock then? I mean, not, not Sandra Bullock, uh, Selma Hayek? Yep. Mm, and, it also had is also had uh, playing Brian Reynolds' lost love, Electra. Yep. Oh, Matthew. Um, I've never seen it, The Hitman's Bodyguard. I remember when it came out, I saw the trailer and I was really excited Same. to see it. And never, it was like in and out of theaters, but cool. it had one of the best like posters. To it see. did. And trailers, like the trailer made it really funny for it. Yeah. And I wanted to watch it too, but I don't know why. It, why I didn't, but yeah, but I'm glad that I saw it because it's a pretty basic. It's kind of like an eighty buddy comedy, but like, but like they hate each other kind of buddy comedy. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the movie, they start to like each other. 
And it's kind of like, it's kind of like, uh, this is going to be kind of a stretch, but it's kind of like um, American Gangster in the fact that the cop had a fucked up home life and was an asshole, but he was a good cop. And then Frank Lucas was a, a, a fucked up criminal, but a, but a good person in his real life. Um, Ryan Reynolds has a fucked up personal life, but he's kind of like the good guy who does good things. And Samuel Jackson was a, a cold blooded hitman, but he, he had a great he, he had a great love in his life. So then he teaches Ryan Reynolds how to love and try to get his girl back. Although I don't think it happens in that. I, I forget honestly. Who is this girl? Ryan Reynolds' girl. Electra. From the Daredevil show. Mm-hmm. Cause uh, and then has an ongoing joke of why Ryan Reynolds' life gets fucked up, and he blames Samuel Jackson's character for. It, but then I know uh, he blames his ex girlfriend for it, and then you find out what really happened at like end of the movie. So it's kind of a basic premise, and then hilarity ensues. Is it really funny? Yes, and it's less Samuel Jackson be be himself. He's a whole lot of motherfuckers in it because it, it's rated R movie, so he can be himself. And then um, it has super uber violence. It has a lot of good scenes in it. And it has Ryan Reynolds playing against type. Because he typically will play the, hit, the character that Samuel Jackson would play. Kind of the asshole. But in this one, he plays more of the everyman. Kind of like goody two-shoes and like a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. So he plays off type. But, uh, but it works. Probably the funniest movie I've seen in a long time. And in a movie I could watch in one sitting. Typically, like I said, I don't know why. But I don't have the attention span to watch film anymore. But I watched it in two settings, which is amazing for me. But it's a good movie. I'll have to watch it. I'm have to, actually, I'm looking right now to see if it's on anything. Because I remember it, you said that, and I wanted, to, and I was really wanting to see it. Um, and I completely forgot about it. But I still say that was one of the funniest fucking posters that they came out with. Because <laughs> it's so self-aware. Oh, yeah. And, and who's going to make a fucking mo- a movie about this? Make kind of making fun of the bodyguard. Yeah. From 1990? 1990. But that was a uh, that was a huge film. And it's called The Hitman's Bodyguard. Like, it's, it's just a good title. You can tell that... Because it's, it's a spoof, but it's not a spoof. Like, it, it isn't based on other movies per se, but based on, on those concepts. And then um, they tried... They kind of tried to, to um, redeem... Samuel Jackson's character by saying that he 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 he's selective about who he'll be a hitman for and he'll only kill bad guys, but throughout the movie he kills like random people anyway. Does he? Mm-hmm. But it's a good movie. The best Samuel I've seen in a long time, probably the best uh, Ryan Reynolds I've seen in a long time. Because huh. Deadpool two was not it. Deadpool two was forgettable. Deadpool two? Yeah. Uh, it grew on me. Did it? All right, I got one last one, okay. and then I see we're about to hit the three hour mark. I did not think we were going to get this I, episode I, I and do it. So. I did not think this at all. Unless I can drag this uh, last movie out to be an hour and <laughs> eight minutes. Uh, we will be about an hour shorter. Than, was it last year or the year before it was four hours? I think it was the year before. That's what I was going to say. All right, you look that up while I'm doing this. I think last year we were kind of we did a shorter one. Um, my last one is a documentary movie. Uh, it was on Netflix. It is American Murder. Um, I think I heard about this one. God, I gotta look up the full title of it. Is it the one about the uh, serial killer in California? It wasn't serial killer, but the guy that killed his family, his wife, and his two daughters. Oh, no, 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 okay. Um, I, and I, I'm a big true crime guy, so like, I'm definitely intrigued by this already. Alright, let me. American. So last year's was three hours and 22 minutes. How long? 
three hours and 22 minutes. <clears throat> the year prior. Three hours and 22 minutes? Yep, three hours and 22. Oh, and then the 2000, the 2019 one that was about 2018 was four hours and four minutes. That was the longest episode of True Stories based on fiction yes. that we had to date. So how long was last year's? Three hours and 20 minutes? Three hours and two, I think I said. We got a lot of fucking episodes now. Three hours twenty-two. Three hours twenty-two. So unless this one's gonna be, oh, American? No, okay. It wasn't. It was American murder, not American killer. God, he couldn't even get the name right. But, but not. Oh, the the one that was popular a few years ago was making a murder, right? Correct. I never watched that. That was a TV yeah. show. This was an actual movie. It's called American Murder of the Family Next Door. Um, so it's about a 2018 uh, murder. Uh, and basically it's this guy that, or this uh, lady, uh, Shannon, or Shanann uh, Watts, and her two daughters go missing. And daughters are like real young. And she's pregnant. So friends get concerned. They call the husband. The police come. And the husband's, like, concerned, like, we're trying to freaking out where, where they went. And he has to go down and obviously give his side of the story. And they do a polygraph test. And it's interesting because all of this shit, uh, it, it, it makes you almost kind of feel like, like, it's tough to sleep. Like, it's not scary, but, like, mm-hmm. you're literally watching him, like, because they have, they show, like, the video of him doing the polygraph test lie. And you watch them as they catch him in every act of, like, every lie and something like that. And you find out eventually he was having an affair. Mm. Um, and this chick he was having an affair with basically said, like, you know, I I, I want to start a family. I want to be start with my family fresh. I don't want, like, <laughs> stepkids. Never implying, like, go out and murder him. But, but what he does is he ends up murdering his wife and two young daughters. Um, which, and a third baby that's actually pregnant with. Correct. And I'm trying to think how old his daughters were. Like, three and five, maybe? So, and the fucked up thing about it is, so, he goes back and forth. Like, at one point in time, he went, the night it happened is, you find out, he went and strangled his daughters. Like, or smothered them. Fucking went and uh, had sex with his wife and killed her. And as he's, like, trying to, like, drape up the body, lifeless body, he actually didn't end up killing the kids. He thought he did. One of the daughters wakes up, comes in, sees what's going on, says, like, oh, your mom's sleeping. Come on, we gotta go somewhere. Puts him in the truck. And he worked in, like, this oil field-like thing. And it's it's tough. He fucking stuffed, like, wrapped the kids' heads in blankets and then stuffed them in this oil tanker thing. Um, and then buried the wife. And the oil, like, and the thing that he stuffed them in, like, uh, was such a small opening, like, they had to drain it, and, like, pulling the bodies out between, like, the chemicals and oils that were out, like, all over these kids' skin, like, the couple days that this happened, and, uh, just the opening, like, just basically all they could pull out was bones, because it was, like, just scraping all the, uh, flesh off. Um, but you literally watch them as they keep catching them, and, like, the story keeps changing, 
and changing and changing. Like at one point he says, uh, the wife murdered the, the little girls and then he couldn't take it and murdered his wife. <laughs> and then until eventually it comes out and just, it, it's good. If you like true crime, great movie. Uh, what's he called again? American Murder. It's on Netflix. It was a Netflix movie. Uh, American Murder, The Family Next Door. I might fucking fuck with that pretty soon. I fucking fell into a deep dive and was looking up all types of... Shit about it? Yeah, articles, movies. Because it just happened in 2018. Oh, damn. Yeah. And, like, they were all young, like, uh... You can kind of tell, like, something ain't all right with the guy, like, from the get-go. And what state was this in? Colorado? Sorry, yeah. If it's if it's an oil field, that sounds about right. Damn, yeah, like that sounds actually really good. <clears throat> I might actually fuck with that. Um, my little uh, honorable mention is just a movie Extraction with uh, Thor. And I honestly, I, I didn't understand it. Like it just seemed like too much. Like try too much action, not enough story. I didn't finish it, but yeah, I felt the same way. But it was good to see him play something that wasn't Thor. That's actually yes. decent. Because uh, Thor's, I mean... And a good action star. It had a lot of good action. Because, uh, and, and that's also a comic book movie. Was it? Yep. Uh, I think Phil Phil Hester wrote, 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 wrote the book that's based off of. Uh, my honorable mention is going to go to The King of Staten Island. That was uh, the dude from Saturday Night Live, right? Pete Davidson. Mm-hmm. Um, Judd Apatow movie. Not really a comic, I mean, labeled as comic, <laughs> but much like how any uh, Judd Apatow movie is nowadays, more drama than yep. uh, comedy. Judd Apatow is going to turn into that guy who did Joker. Cause he, he, Todd Phillips? Yeah. Todd Phillips, back in the day, did like subject comedy, like fucking Will Ferrell comedies, I believe. Now, like, he's doing like, a lot of Oscar caliber dramas. Well, he did uh, the Hangover movies. He did old, Really? He did Old School. Yep. He did uh, Road Trip. Yeah. Now he's doing completely different shit because he and then he did uh, Due Date with Robert Downey Jr. That is an underrated movie. And then he did uh, War Dogs that had uh, Miles Teller and uh, Jonah Hill. Yep. And then he did The Joker, which I have a feeling he'll eventually go back to doing comedy at some point in time. I, uh, he made it sound like The uh, Joker was a movie he wanted to do for a long time. Mm. Yeah, but I feel like Judd Apatow is going to go in that same kind of trajectory to where he'll start doing more serious movies. Yeah, but you're right. The last couple have been pretty because like, he had Funny People that was about cancer. Then you had like the other cancer movie with Joseph uh, Gordon-Levitt. Mm, he didn't do that one. He did that one. He might have produced it. Uh, he did Trainwreck with uh, Amy Trainwreck. Schumer. Shut up He did that show Girls on HBO, which really? was horrible. People love that show. I, I couldn't see it. I haven't seen it, but apparently, uh, I've heard nothing but good things about that show like, until now. Um, This is 40, which I like that one. Funny people was tough to get through. That's what I heard. Knocked up. 40 year old. So he only really did. Knocked up, 40 year old virgin. Or 40 year old virgin, knocked up. Funny people was his third one. Really? I thought okay. he had some more in between that. He didn't do a... This is 40. Train wreck. So he's only done five movies. 
He didn't do uh, uh, a Sarah Marshall? Mm-mm. Produced it. Okay. So, he, I mean, he's directed five. He's produced 84 things. And then He does a TV. lot of TV shows and yeah, stuff. Like, he did, did he do uh, that show, uh, Freaks and Geeks? Yep. And I think he did. Undeclared. Undeclared, yep. So, was, I, I, people rave about it. I haven't seen either one of those shows. Uh, Freaks and Geeks just started on Hulu. Really? I kind of don't have any interest in it, honestly. It's actually really good. That's what I heard. It takes place in the 80s. Yep. And then, um... Undeclared was better, I think, though. And that one had uh, uh, Kevin Hart in it, right? Uh, like a side character? I think so. One last... Uh, Kevin Hart's scene in, uh, in like, the 40-year-old version was amazing. Which one? Kevin Hart's scene in, like, the 40-year-old version. Like, when yeah. they had the store, and, and, and like, try to get, like, the deal on the TV from, like, the other black dude. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, see girl came up and said, uh, hey guys, what's going on? Like, you know what? It's your boy? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna come back and cut. <laughs> I'm gonna pop the truck and kill both y'all. <laughs> you remember that? I do remember it. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. But that, that's before people knew who Kevin, who Kevin Hart was. was. Um, one last, uh, underdog show, TV show, um, I forgot about. Um, just remember, but it was the, uh, I can't remember the title of it, but the Michael Jordan documentary, ten episodes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Show at the beginning of the I, year, like back I heard that spring. was amazing. <clears throat> that was really good. But other than that, that's my uh, 2020 wrap up. Yep, same here. Oh um, yeah, cause that's everything I've got on my list. I don't have any more honorable mentions or anything like that. Yeah, so it was a pretty shitty year, and I think we're both surprised that, that we were able to get this long of a show out of it. We had a few tangents. As we always. had a lot of tangents, yeah, but that's what people can expect from this podcast network because this has been the case from day one. But um, hopefully 2021 will be better. I don't mm. think that we're going to have a movie industry still. But hopefully comic books. I don't know. So far, I guess I didn't really put Wonder Woman in there because I wasn't sure. I mean, it came out on Christmas Day, so I don't. That's so 2020. Put that as an honorable mention. Okay. So, so. So, so you liked it because people are turning on that movie quicker than quicker than turn on fucking Daredevil. Uh, yeah, because I have a feeling that was kind of like that Last Jedi. I think it was a lot of internet trolls. It wasn't as bad as anyone here made it out to be. Because I mean, it was corny. It was lighthearted. It was what I mean a movie of the eighties should have been. I mean, they really kind of went into the time frame with it. Gotcha. I mean, there was some stuff I don't understand. It wasn't a perfect movie by any means. Is there like a monkey's paw in there? Kind of. It's not monkey's paw, but they do a Basically, magic rock. Yeah, and it's hokey. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you'd like it, but it was it was entertaining, and it was then could have been about a half hour shorter. Yeah, I've heard it was super long. It was two and a half hours long. What's it super long for a comic book movie? But Gal Gadot's fucking hot, man. And she, cause and she's good at yes. she's good at Wonder Woman. And it's crazy because like when she got cast, I'm like who? This uh-huh. old skinny ass motherfucker, but she she is Wonder Woman now. Uh, you know, uh, Kristen Wiig did a good job. Not who I would have ever thought as Cheetah, but she does a good job in it. Is she British in it? Mm-hmm. Cheetah should be British. Same. Um. And Maxwell Lord also got race swapped because that, that actor is Hispanic. He's playing a white man. Yeah, Pedro Pascal. How dare they? <laughs> All these white actors are doing work. Wow. <laughs> Hispanic gentleman. Um. But he. He looked like Maxwell Lord from the 80s, though. Yeah. It was weird. It was different. I recommend watching it. 
But you're going to have a lot of Warner Brothers movies this year. Actually, there's one that just came up this on Friday, so I need to watch that. That might be tonight. Uh, Denzel Washington, the little little things, or... I'm hearing good things about it. It's uh, Denzel and Morbius and Queen. Yes, Freddie Mercury. Yeah, Freddie Mercury. So, I'll probably watch that tonight. I still got to watch WandaVision the other night. I was a little intoxicated when I watched it, so I need to uh, rewatch it. I have a pretty good idea of what happened, just... A lot of things I think I missed. People online are saying, like, it's the best episode. Which makes sense, because the first three were basically one long episode, right? It basically t- it's takes and, uh, it's basically the first three episodes, but a different perspective. Mmm. I-, I like that. And it takes out the sitcom <clears throat> format. And, bro, I forgot that, I really forgot that the Vision was still dead. Yeah. I forgot that. They never brought him back to life. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot that. So, so that makes the show even more. It's intriguing to up. see what's really going on with it. Yeah, if, are they are they making Wanda a villain? Which I think what needs to happen is I think that I think it'd be an interesting dynamic to take someone that's been a hero and turn her into how it is in the comics and turn her into a villain and have it truly be like this informal trilogy of Wanda Vision to Spider Man. To Doctor Strange. Yeah, because if she was a villain in Doctor Strange 2, that would be good. Yes. Although she's not like a villain villain, the fact is that like she I can't I think you almost have to have Mondo, what's his name? Baron Mondo? Bear Mordo. Mordo. I think you need to have him kind of come back as the villain too, but I think almost have it be like, that's the central conflict or maybe they're ch- trying to abuse, I don't know, something. No more sorcerers. Bring in mutants. <laughs> but she's not like a villain villain. The fact that she can't cope and she has PTSD and, and, and drives her insane. Which is also like a good storyline to have. Yeah. Because that's essentially is what's happening. But that means that I guess she can still make these kids on her own. You need to watch the show. Because that's what she did in the I mean, book. they're basically leading to Young Avengers now. The yep. Alan Heinberg's Young Avengers. Mm-hmm. The only Young Avengers. <laughs> no, they didn't. Someone else. No, it's the only Young Avengers. <laughs> no, there's someone else coming to Young. And it was trash. Uh, so uh, I don't oh, count okay, it. Yeah. <laughs> but Young Avengers is also a, a comic book series that they just gave up on, and like they they tried it again. Like series. Yep. And now they act like it, like it never even fucking existed. But now they're gonna act like it until did they exist. come in the movies. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. guess what? It's gonna have a huge presence in the fucking. You have to see Kate Bishop all of a sudden fucking everywhere because she's in Hawkeye. Uh, well, you've already kind of started because they brought Hulkling and, uh, what's his little husband's name? Wiccan. Wiccan. Uh, we're part of that, uh... Yeah. I didn't read you. And they're in the... Yeah, it was kind of trash. And then they're in, uh... They just released the cover. They're, uh... New writer coming in on Guardians of the Galaxy. So Hulkling and, uh... Wiccan are in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Did 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 that end with Hulkling taking over the, uh, Kree or whoever fuck? I don't even remember it was trash. <laughs> I, I can't remember what it was called. Infection? Empire. Empire. But like spelled weird. E-M-P-Y-R-E. To not be confused, confused with the TV show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't. Yeah. Uh, I, I will definitely fuck with WandaVision once it's all over because I don't want to wait that long, especially if these first episodes are like that. But I do like the concept that they aren't going super kiddy with this shit anymore. Even though it's on Disney Plus, because that's always been my biggest concern that it's too kiddy. But 
And it's not like it's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, yeah. I mean, this is firmly in uh, the Marvel Universe. And then they brought in... Um, brought in Big Titty Girl from uh, Thor movies. Yep. And then um, the agent from Ant-Man and Wasp. Yep. And then they brought in uh, Captain Marvel's... Monica Rambeau. Yep. Adult version. Who's going to be in Captain Marvel 2. Is her name Monica Rambeau or, or her mom was technically Monica in this shit, right? Like they kind of did like fucking Hank Pym. No, I thought she was Monica and the mom was something else. You're right. Just, uh, something that starts with M, I believe. And, and like she's like an Asian shield. Um, I like where this is going. I like. I hope that they definitely do some House of M type shit, and then like they're up fucking. 12 inch mini series. So I, I hope they follow that pattern. And it seems like they are. Because I was thinking that Wanda needs a vision to make the fake kids, but it's not like he inseminated her anyway. She yeah. just made kids on her own. Which is what happened in comics. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's cool. And then, do, do you recall how the kids became real people? Magic made them real. Yeah, I thought House of M after she kind of willed them into life. No, but those kids are from the 80s. Yeah, well, that I thought that's what kind of caused her meltdown for causing House of M is that she realized her kids were not real or something like that. And then she actually did will them into real life. How did she have her mental breakdown in Avengers Disassembled? And Bro, I don't even remember because those kids were long gone by then. Oh, it's been years since I've read House of M. So, I mean, I read Di- Avengers Assembled probably about when I first got Marvel Unlimited, mm-hmm. but I didn't read House of M. I might need to go back and read House of M again. But that's back when Marvel like had like their fucking. That's when fucking Joe Quesada came in and had all the fucking good shit coming out. Yeah, that's when everything in Marvel was good. Yeah, but I don't remember what caused it because I think it was the kids. But that doesn't make any sense because the kids hasn't had it been around since the eighties. Because that was in, in that one storyline, and I'm pretty sure in that But uh, she also point, wasn't that big of a character either at that point in time either when they, they turned her into a villain. Cause, uh, a sympathetic villain. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, like, we'll see. I, I just hope, and I, and also, and I hope that they don't make Professor Xavier and make me look black. But there's been talk that Pastor Storm might come back. Yeah. He's <laughs> too old, though. I mean, if it's Xavier, he could be all ass Xavier. I'd say bring back uh, Fastbender and uh, Fastbender. I don't even care so much about McAvoy, but Fastbender was a good Magneto. Even though as the movie went on, he got less and less good because of the possibility he's in that bubble the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, it was basically like, oh, this is an X-Men movie. We got a Magneto in it. Yep, he did nothing. But okay, uh, I, I don't think we're gonna hit that too swing. But but I put longer outro song on there. Right? Close to it. I feel like I like outro song for like six minutes. Yeah, I don't know if I got another night then, so. Alright, so uh, we'll see you next time. We'll probably be back with the Eternal Show next after this. Alright, we're out of here. Later.